0: Hello, everyone. Welcome
1: to another episode of Line of Succession. I am your host, Lee. I am here. I am joined by Spencer. Spencer, say hey to the people. Hey, everybody. Spencer, it's it. That was it. Finale. reached the moment. Over. Done. Season three in the books. Mm Mm-hmm. We have talked less about this episode via text or chatting before we started recording than any so far this season, meaning I literally don't know a single thing about what you think about the finale. What did you think about the finale of season three?
2: I struggle to think of a show that I've seen in years that does season finales better than this show does. Every one of the finales we've had previously has been a banger, and this one did not disappoint. It was a tour de force. It. I have been complaining that I felt like the overarching plot issues on the show were getting a little bit navel-gazing, a little bit, le- little bit less relevant. This is an episode that just continues to justify the show's existence to me of how well acted it was, how well written it was, how well paced it was. Episode to episode, the show continues to impress me more and this one just knocked it out of the park. I completely agree. I mean,
1: it's solidified as the one of the best shows on television. To me, it's the best show on television. To me, it's the best show of the last four or five years, maybe. Um, and I mean, a good, yeah, I mean, a part of it is how they every season are driving towards something. Mm-hmm. they were driving towards something and how they when you when you have a show that is interesting with characters just sitting in rooms talking
2: yeah when the plot is
1: also good that's just like fucking cake like that's just icing right like i can just have them sitting around chatting and being entertained but mm-hmm. the plot of this also ended up being very good uh, where and- this all drove toward the culminating sequence what they're calling the Red, Wed- the Red Wedding of Succession. I don't know if you caught that online. I have seen that, and it has justifications. Uh, yeah, it, it, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought this was great. I think this was, I liked this not quite as good as the finale of season one, but definitely better than the finale of season two. No, no, I got that wrong. Yeah. Better than the finale of season one, but not better than two. I thought two was just the gold standard for this show, the finale. This was right up there, um, but man.
2: Right. Now, I'm right there with you when it comes to ranking. I think it was better than the finale of season one, but season two was one of the finest moments of television, that finale I've ever yeah. seen. It was incredible. This is right up there, but doesn't quite reach those heights. But I also like that several people are increasingly trying to say, well, you, 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 you shouldn't be disappointed about the show. It's not about overarching plots. It's not about long-term culminations of things. You shouldn't be disappointed because that you shouldn't look for that in the show. And then this episode comes around and just does some multi-season plot resolution and certainly some overall plot of this season resolution in this final episode and does it in a satisfying way
1: yeah this episode completely flies in the face of the idea that the show has been reduced to nothing but people in rooms sitting around having witty conversations it is still about a a family That's most of what it is (laughs) right but it is still there is still plot around it it is still driving towards something And I think that this is a big turning point for the show, this idea that Waystar might be sold. Uh, This is huge because, I mean, the whole point of the show, Succession, is about who will succeed Logan Roy as the head of this company. Now, Logan will not be the head of this company, right? So um, really big from a plot perspective development for sure.
2: Yeah, it it really upends all of our expectations previously about where the show would be going and leaves me uncertain to how much they'll go with this because it's so out of left field compared to everything we'd be expecting about what would be the ultimate resolution of the whole damn arc and the whole damn show. It's delightfully surprising in so many ways.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we're on on a par here that it was a very, very good finale. I think it was a little bit of an uneven season, but it finished very strong it, it sucked the landing. Uh, So this is a Mangum Talks podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, go to any of your favorite podcast platforms, type in the words Mangum Talks, M-A-N-G-U-M, Talks, and you will get all of our stuff. Spencer and I do a lot of podcasts. This is one of many television review podcasts Mm -hmm. that we do. If you like, I don't know, Ted Lasso, Game of Thrones, The Nevers, we do on and on and on reviews of many television shows. Our next one we're going to be doing, I can go ahead and announce it, will be The Book of Boba Fett. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a mangum talk star wars so go to your favorite podcast platform type in mangum talk star wars uh and there you go it'll be book of boba fett and spencer and i'll be doing it and it'll be awesome Mm -hmm. we previously did mandalorian the mandalorian coverage will be on that podcast feed that you can check out and when mandalorian season three comes around it'll be on that same feed too that's right so we will be giving you all your star wars needs but uh through the year we do a lot of different shows We, we, we do ted lasso right under um a podcast feed called Lasso Lowdown when that season when that show comes back for a season three, probably next summer, we'll be on for that. So you can check out our stuff at any point uh, by typing in Mangum Talks at your favorite podcast platform or going to MangumTalks.com and seeing what we got going on. But that's enough of the housekeeping, Spencer. I think we have to drive right now toward our segments. Our segments start with me. I do the recap. That's right, Lee. I do the mm-hmm. recap. I will be recapping a jam-packed episode the most notes i've ever done for this show for sure hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes heavy dialogue most notes i've ever done we'll be cranking through the recap then we'll do our awards for the episode where we will do Mm -hmm. roy of the episode and line of succession best line of the dialogue and then what i'm hoping we can do is award roy of the season
2: absolutely Absolutely. We got to do
1: Roy of the season, which Roy run this one this season. And then we'll do Spencer's relationship advice of the episode. And like any segment that I give Spencer, wholly dependent upon how he's feeling today. I don't know if he's going to do relationship advice of the episode, relationship advice of the year, the show, the series so far. Who knows? I sit wrapped waiting to figure out what he's got for that segment. So that shall be fun. But
2: Spencer, I got things. I think we need to do the recap. I think we need to jump into this bad boy. Oh, well, well, we can start right off with. Am I required to wear a backwards trucker hat to work tomorrow based on what happened in this episode? You are not. You know, what's funny is I think here's where we
1: landed. So predictions on the Kendall cliffhanger from episode eight. You had my wife, Sarah, who firmly stated Kendall dead. Yeah. She thought Kendall was dead.
2: One extreme. Yes.
1: Me. I thought Kendall coma.
2: You thought Kendall comma and I thought Kendall. You thought fine. Kendall
1: was fucking around in the pool, and that he yeah, wasn't I think he was blowing bubbles, like yes. he was blowing bubbles basically. Like, yeah. He was in a bath. Uh, I,
0: all three I wrong.
1: I'm, I think I'm closer though. Uh, I'm not sure that you are because you you indicated that he was not in any sort of trouble at all. Oh, he's somewhere I, between the two. I, my of guess us. was that he was in trouble, but he didn't die. You, I don't know. It's close, but it, it, point being, all wrong. Yeah, Kendall. Not dead. Saved by Comfrey.
2: I don't think anyone had that one on their bingo card. Did, so did, I, sitting around
1: wondering, this Comfrey character. Uh, just, uh, just a sort of romantic interest for Greg? No. Also serves no, the plot. She saved Kendall's sa- life. Saves the arguable hero of the show. Mog thought, I want to sleep over forever.
2: <laughs> in many Mog, ways I thought this night, episode Mog was- by Judith Kerr. And the many ways I thought this episode would start, Logan reading to Kendall's son, a, a what What would you think is the age group of that book? Three to five, max? Three to that? five, and that
1: kid had to be 13.
2: Yeah, maybe that worked a few seasons back. It was weird now.
1: So, a couple things on this this, this scene. Uh, I thought, Mog thought, I want to sleep forever is a very interesting line. Within the context of what happened with Kendall and where we know Kendall's at psychologically
0: yeah.
1: during this episode, for the vast majority of this episode. Two, isn't it like a granddad to miss the age on what, like, oh, you're still like You still like this, don't you, kid? Like, how many granddads have done that, made, made that mistake? Like, you still like dolls, don't you? Well,
2: it like seems it, like it, it, that sort of thing. It seems like he realized, like, about two pages into it, like, this is a little young for you. I think it's a little young for you. Give me something more with action. More action, please. And he was
1: even reading it like you were reading to a toddler, you know? Like, yeah. Mog thought... And then he looks like, at Iverson Look at the and pictures. Like, and then the okay. third thing is when they start with Logan reading a like bedtime story, basically, to Iverson, I thought Kendall was dead. I thought this was Logan trying to calm the kids down. It had well, me
2: all fucked up in the game. Well, it seemed like it had a certain element of that. It depends on how you kind of want to interpret what Logan said Logan checks him. Do you still read this? And it seems like he still does every now and then maybe who could say his sister at least says he sometimes reads it still. I felt like
1: that was, we don't want to disappoint grandpa Logan. So we, we lie about anything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But then, then Logan basically says, you know, um, your dad was okay. You know? Yeah. He was okay. Was that, is this Logan actually trying to reassure the grandkids that their dad's not dead in the hospital?
1: Yeah. I think that's honestly what it was. I think he thought he looked at Iverson. He thought Iverson looked a little concerned. He said, "Hey, kiddo, you know your dad was okay, right?" Like,
0: yeah.
1: Look, I have many times on this podcast, and we'll continue to until the show is over, until Line of Succession ends, and that is compare Logan Roy to Emperor Palpatine. He is evil he <laughs> Doesn't the worst. have the lightning.
2: Very disappointing.
1: He's the worst. Uh, but there are brief moments where he's a human, and here he is one of them. He was. He I think he was definitely just trying to reassure Iverson. I, I agree. Um, Logan then bellows for Carrie to go get him a book. Something with some action. Mm. Uh, Logan gets a call, gets up, tells Iverson to be careful with the pool. Did you notice
2: that? He is a concerned granddad. I, I think mm. he. I, is I, he? I think the, well, mm. I don't. Oh, what was okay, it? Now, now I just got it. That either is a really inappropriate joke or inappropriate reference. I thought he or, might have been joking. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Now in retrospect, I really don't know. I interpreted at the time as him being an overprotective grandfather to Iverson because he views Iverson as being, he views Iverson as being disabled. Iverson probably isn't, but he certainly views him in that light as like a grown-up toddler kind of thing. So I interpreted it that way. Uh, But now that you say that, I have thoughts.
1: I thought Logan was like, hey, like, you know, don't it don't up like your fucking dad. You know, like it's a family history here. Uh, then we hear Logan scream. Uh, yeah. Jerry um, to Logan scream and, and Jerry goes off to, to deal yeah. with Jerry. Right. And Roman. Yeah. Jerry, you jump on that grenade for us. Thanks, pal. So whatever happened with Roman, the dick pic, Jerry,
2: I guess they're back to just joking around. Like if they ever left. it's interesting where I thought there'd be a lot more repercussions from the last episode in terms of Roman's, you know, relationship and position when it came to Logan and even Shiv's potentially that she might've been on the rise to a certain degree. Nothing. There is no longer term repercussions at all other than an awkward boat ride conversation.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Like, I mean, obviously the conversation that Shiv had with Jerry became public because Roman talks about it. Um, You know, it's very open in this conversation that Jerry or that uh, Shiv made her moves. Shiv made
2: moves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the idea that I guess this is somehow sensitive, that Jerry could be reporting it somewhere, all that is out the fucking window, it seems. It seems like they just sort of were like, well, that was weird, and then they moved on.
2: Sir, we forgot. This is Waystar, not another company. This is how Waystar handles this kind of scenario. And cut to the gang-playing Monopoly. Ah! I I, I got (laughs) it. I guess. When was the last time you played Monopoly with like friends or family or anything else? How long has it been? At least ten years ago. I have played it more recently. That honestly, if you actually stick to the rules, pretty fun game still with friends, particularly if you particularly if it's if it's in a kind of like social party setting. Sure, of course it is, but it is the
1: ultimate like, look where our society went to. With our love for capitalism, that our favorite game to play is a little like diorama of fucking capitalism, (laughs) and then they throw it on this show. It's fucking awesome that it was of all the
2: things, Monopoly. With Shiv stealing from the bank all while they play. (laughs) Yeah, Wyla,
1: Roman, Shiv, and Tom are all playing Monopoly. Wyla passes on buying a property. Roman has to pay rent to Shiv. Roman brings up that he knows what she tried to do with Dad interesting quote here from Shiv. Wait, I thought that would be your dream. Me fucking Jerry with your dick. Come on, Dick Pickler, pay up. So I'm going to say this about, here's the thing. I I always ask, hey, everybody, can you please, uh, if you like our podcast, can you please rate and review us? And when I do that, people who listen for hours and hours will inevitably review us and say they hate it, which I, I still don't get. Yeah. But one of the things they hit me on is that I don't like Shiv. I'm somehow mean to Shiv. Now, if your criticism of me is that I'm too nice to Kendall, that's fair. But sure, best because Kendall has some mental illnesses that I like. I'm sympathetic to. Like that's what's going on there. So I'm I'm hesitant to be too hard on this quarter. But Spencer, did you notice that she was particularly dirty with Roman this no, episode? No,
2: it, it was notable. We talked about that before. Just how uncomfortable Roman's dialogue with Shiv is when it gets intensely, you know, incestuously uh, sexual. Shiv was just doing it nonstop and Roman wasn't responding the entire episode constantly.
1: What do you think that was? Do you think that was, here's my two options for you. One is she's trying to bait Roman into weird behavior because like she's, she's, she sees blood in the water, right with him. And she's trying to bait him into being weird sexually. Or is it two? the writers driving home to us, there's a reason that Roman is so fucking weird because his big sister, this is not the only reason. I'm not saying <laughs> Shiv is the only reason. My God, Add it people. to the volume, yes. No. I'm saying that there is maybe a part of this, a sliver of this, that is his big sister constantly hits him with inappropriate sexual what? shit over and over and over we, again we, throughout we,
2: his life. We've talked Do you think the writers
1: it? are trying to tell us that?
2: Uh, I want to throw in a third option, too, of what we've talked before, that Shiv has a standard avenue of attack at another person where she thinks there's a weakness, when she wants to bring him down. That she hits Kendall for drug and alcohol abuse and everything else along those lines, which she does again this episode. And she hits Roman for sexual quirks, dysfunction, whatever else. Is there a certain element of that Shiv's disappointed that her move went fucking nowhere and she's just trying to weaken him and trying to hit him in some way? Kind of building off the option you just said. Of where that her goals have been thwarted. Her throwing a Hail Mary did not get her the touchdown that she wanted. So she's just punching him all episode because she's either pissed. It didn't work or she's just looking for some kind of weakness on him.
1: That could be, that could be very much it that she is in more of a a frustrated position. And this is her way of body, body blows to, to Roman. And it's super relevant, right? With his weirdness with Jerry.
2: Well, see, She's very punchy period. This episode, she's hitting a lot of people. Her speech to her mom we're going to get to at her freaking wedding was over. was unnecessarily punchy, even out of shiv. So it may just be that she's just in a poor mood and taking out everybody around her. But go
1: ahead and write all the negative reviews you want to, because I'm going to fucking say this right now, is that she, Roman says sexual stuff to his sister.
2: Yes. I don't
1: feel super bad for her about that because she says a lot of really inappropriate sexual shit back to him and, and oftentimes initiates it. Like, in this the, situation, this was this was so beyond the pale. I thought that was your dream,
2: watching me fuck something. <laughs> what are you talking about, Shiv? That is so gross. Like, she just volunteered that. I feel like every now and then the writers just feel the need to remind us, wait, 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 you're rooting for someone? There you go. You think someone is the good guy? No, 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 no. Let's clarify. They're all horrible. They're all disgusting. And okay. we're gonna, just going to play with your emotions episode to episode by making you sympathize with, with them, empathize with them, because they're human and they're flawed and they're follow, we're following their journeys. Sure. While at the same time reminding you that, oh, they're also disastrous people. Except for Greg. No, um, no, no. Greg's an asshole this episode. We'll talk about that too. What?
1: They also seem to be openly talking about Ken's accident. Yeah. They're not sure what to call it that this comes up Which through the is, whole episode they
2: str- everybody's struggling with what to what label to put on this this episode
1: let's go ahead and address it now did you think Kendall was trying to kill himself because I did not
2: I thought Kendall was drunk and fell into a pool I did that, too
1: that, that, I thought that, 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 that. that the, the simp- what is it Occam's razor or something the simplest answer is often the right one is that the right thing did I say the right thing
2: yeah we're, we're, we're confronted by, well, by equal equally likely possibilities go with the simpler solution
1: boom there you go i think that's what this is i think he got drunk and fell off a floaty um but i think the idea that he is self-destructive to a fault still is relevant even if it might not have been an outright suicide attempt um so tom gets a get out of jail free card
2: which is very one. funny pretty <laughs> yeah, funny that's funny
1: yeah. uh <laughs> carrie comes by with a drink for logan she gives a lot of smoothies to Logan this episode, Spencer. Got a yeah, lot of smoothies con- for the man. <laughs> con-
2: con- Connor puts two and two together there a lot faster than I would on the subject of those smoothies.
1: Roman attempts to order a Cuba Libre and a club sandwich. That is a rich person order if ever I've heard one.
0: A Cuba Libre
1: them. and a club sandwich. Uh, she says she'll come back with kids menus. Ha ha ha. So mm. I guess she's not um, She's not going to give any order for him. Um, notice the difference, though. I want to point out, Roman says, hey, can you get me a club sandwich? She's like, hey, fuck you, basically. Later on in the episode, Marsha goes up and says, hey, I'm going to take my omelet upstairs. And she goes, yep, yes, yes, ma'am. I'll make sure they know. Uh-huh,
2: sure yeah, thing. It, it, it was interesting to see where she ranks in the uh, totem pole now. Because she's in a weird, nebulous kind of position of where she's Logan's aide and they're fucking. So yes. it puts it puts her in a nebulous position of power. She clearly thinks that she's over the kids. And she th- almost seems like she thinks that she's an equal to the, you know, the main the main corporate drones. Frank, Carl, that kind I of thing. I think that's where
1: she's putting herself. Yeah.
2: She knows she's not Marsha, though, and is not going to get on her bad side.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, good line by Roman. Many, many good lines by Roman this episode. The service here is weird and slow. I'm fucking my dad.
2: <laughs> that was a funny line. That was a funny Connor. line.
1: <laughs> Connor asks Wyla if she wants to take a walk. She's, nope. Nope, no walk for me. Roman are about marrying Connor. Connor, very reminiscent of a Spencer line here. I do not wish my private affairs to be the subject of table chatter, okay?
2: <laughs> I figured, I figured you would mock me for that line once we got into this. because It was really a, felt I think, like you. I think I have said that almost exact line to the Mangum group before. <laughs> I do not wish my private
1: affairs to be the subject of table chatter. Tom says he has to, has to go. He's got a... Give his, uh, he wants to try to give his property to Shiv, but the group doesn't let him. Seriously, no. Tom? Seriously? Auction. You can't just give your properties away. Tom says no. he's got to go talk to a person from Vanity Fair about how he's run ATN to make so
2: much uh, cash. Forbes, Vanity Fair is later, but yes, yeah, same idea. And this is interesting because we've gotten a few little tidbits before that Tom's actually good at his job. And this is one of the, one of the most clear demonstrations that no, 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 this guy's actually making a hell of a lot of money for the company on ways that they're also, where they're also, you know, otherwise viewing themselves as bloated and hemorrhaging cash. So this is notable given what we see of Tom later that, oh, this guy's actually really good at his job, whatever else we want to you know assign and talk about him when it comes to his position. I'm not
1: hundred percent sure. He, I like Tom. I'm not hundred percent sure he's good at his job. I think he's at part of the company that has a still relevant business model for some people who are still alive. I, Hey Bigot um,
2: Bigot Spigot is a recommended business model for certain industries. And it's working.
1: But it's the first of many times where Chiv makes a joke and says, Well, you made all that money by turning the bigot spigot on to full gush. And Tom says, Well, bigots, bigot spigot is a bit productive and unfair. I'm not sure it is, but I think it's indicative of him being like, God damn it, would you give me fucking
2: credit for something? Yeah. I'm getting a Forbes piece, me, at this company, right now for me doing a good job. Could I at least get a pat on the back? But Shiv is emotionally incapable of offering pats on back right now. Even, as we'll see later, when her brother is crying on the ground. She gives him a pat on the back. As no, Tom she leaves, gives him a vague touch on the head. We'll get there. She that. does
1: more than I thought. We'll get there. As Tom leaves, uh, Wyla catches Shiv cheating. Says, well, maybe it was just an accident. <laughs> Wyla, come on. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> wireless here's the here's a great barometer wireless said hey shiv maybe you accidentally just cheated right there she's eventually going to say yes to connor's marriage proposal i think they're going to get married do you think in a year what do you think she's going to say to shiv if
2: she cheats at monopoly hey bitch shiv, stop cheating exactly that <laughs> we yeah, know she's got much, that in her Shiv she's put got the that. fucking money back shiv i'm banker from now you get the money from me when i let you get the money <laughs> <laughs> she'll be comfortable soon yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I uh, kind of I kind of thought it was cute that they were all playing Monopoly together, and Wyla was right there with all the rest of them playing. I, I, well, I kind of appreciated that they brought her into the group as much as they like to mock and make fun of their relationship, and I that they're encouraging her to you know. I marry think Connor.
1: that they all expect her to eventually
2: say yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think as much as they mock Connor, I think they do want Connor to be happy and do kind of like Wylla. Sure. So it's nice to see the most effective moments on this show as wonderful as the show's written, is the siblings and the uh, various associate siblings interacting together. So I love how much we got of those kind of scenes this episode.
1: Shiv, what? I was only cheating so I could win.
2: <laughs> that, yeah, I, yeah, that's an explanation for that.
1: I, I, we got a friend who's on, on our general interest uh, podcast called Magum Talks, uh, Levi, who would say some sh- bullshit like that. Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, spectrum-y. Like, what? what i <sighs> am just... I'm just cheating so I can win. What's wrong with you? Uh, Connor, Connor though, in a very, this is, this is a thread through this season. He feels fatherly in this moment. Doesn't he? Where he goes, well, cheating is a part of it. Like he's almost playing referee. Like, Hey, it's okay. We're just joking around here.
2: It is very much. My two children are fighting in front of me. How do I calm down the situation? Kind of response.
1: Uh, Shout out to Connor. Connor has a great season. I would like to pause here though, and say, Spencer, does your, does your family cheat at Monopoly?
2: Not in any way I've ever caught. And if we did, the person would be strung up. I
1: would be very offended if anybody in my family cheated at Monopoly. This is, this, this is like beyond the pale for, for my folks. Um, Roman gives her some grief. In comes Comfrey. All hail the conquering hero. Comfrey. Girl does
2: not get enough props this episode. Does not. She's going to get it
1: from me. Thank you, Comfrey,
2: for your service. Thank you. She deserves. saved your horse from the glue factory.
1: Uh, I don't know about horse anymore. I'm not going to try to ride this one, Uh but at least he's alive.
2: See, That's what I out to pass. Here's that. You're saying your horse is out to pasture. The season's not even over. Uh, yeah, I just, I just want him to, to be alive. Okay. Yeah.
1: Good. I'm not, yeah. I'm not setting my sights very high for Kenny anymore. Me, I just want him to be okay.
2: Um, meanwhile, To continue the metaphor, my horse is apparently out to stud, so God help us all. She (laughs) is. Your horse
1: is to stud. Oh, what a weird turn of events that is. Oh, gross. Um, They all say to each other, uh, be nice. Uh, He's coming. So Kendall's on his way. Roman, yes, I will be nice to Kurt Cobain of the fucking floaties. Uh Comfrey announces is coming, uh, he, but he needs a minute. And Shiv tells her she appreciates what she did. Roman, hey, if you uh, find him in the pool again, uh, there's a C-note in it for you if you let him sink.
2: Even Roman knows immediately. Nope, nope, that one didn't land.
1: But what I love about Roman, though, is that he says it. It's completely inappropriate. And he notices it and he says, nope, nope. That wasn't good, was it? Like it's so like if you know well, how to take Roman, you can just let that shit wash right over you. Well,
2: he he does the wonderful Carson routine or even the plastic stand-up copy routine is if a joke doesn't work, make you make yourself the joke. Make it about yep, that didn't work. Okay, moving on. Don't just the moment you comment on it, you can make it funny again.
1: Yeah, as long as you do it in a lighthearted way, which he seemed to do. I enjoyed Comfrey's reaction to that. Did you did you see what she did to him? No, I didn't actually know. Scrunch face.
2: Mm. I still work for the guy. She did Come the facial on.
1: equivalent of this sound. Mm.
2: Yeah, very much.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, Comfrey then explains that he's fine. They just kept him overnight because uh, I, I don't know why. Well, let me explain. I don't speak Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me do explain.
2: One oh, of two Uncle things. Lady, occur- help us here.
1: One of two things occurred. One, they did think it was a suicide attempt, in which case they do have to hold you for a period of time. In the United States, it's longer than a day. I don't know what it is in Italy, but they do have to hold you for a period of time if they think it's a suicide attempt.
2: They could regularly Baker Act you in the United States until they've confirmed you're not a threat to yourself or others. Right.
1: Two, and the more likely case, is Kendall was so drunk by the time that he got there that they had to hold him overnight because he was in a dangerous state. Because once you get past a certain level of drunk... You are, it is physically dangerous on your body to be that drunk. And so they have to, they have to watch you as you come down. That's probably what happened either way. It's not a good sign.
2: And Comfrey still working for the guys. I think purposely being a bit vague in the details here.
1: I don't think she was w- wanting to drop too much of it. Uh, in comes Ken. Spencer has my man? How's my man Ken look?
2: Ken does not look good. Ken he does not look good. Ken no. has a, a moment of rebirth in this episode, about two thirds, three fourths the way through. Before then, Man does not look good at any point.
1: No, it looked bad. Um, they are all like, uh, hey, Ken. Uh, hey, buddy.
0: Yeah. When you get
1: a buddy, you know you're in bad shape.
0: Yeah.
1: Oof. Kendall says, Buddy's... let's not make a song and dance of it. Connor, again, playing the role of dad. Mm-hmm. Well, Ken, we will make a song and dance out of it. You nearly drowned.
2: Yeah. Con- Connor's not willing to let this one be swept under the rug. This is a serious... This is, this is a- I'm I'm willing to believe and I think we have some evidence that Connor probably insisted about the intervention later, too.
1: I think so. Uh, He says he fell off the bed. Can uh, one too many limoncellos, I would say. Um, (laughs) Connor just sort of says, yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. because that's not like, you know, that, you know, getting getting drunk is one thing. Getting so drunk, you fall asleep face down in water is another and, level of drunk
2: to, <laughs> to, to, to the point of having to be rescued by your assistant. Not you fell away. You woke up when you hit the water. Someone had to fish you to get you at to save your life.
1: Yeah. And we've talked about, right? Like Kendall's relationship with alcohol and we see him drink a lot. We don't often see him trashed on alcohol, but this shows that he does have that gear where he will get like 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4 drunk. Right?
2: Yeah. Unwakable um,
1: kind of drunk. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was referencing there? Point two, point three, point four.
2: Blood alcohol, I presumed. There we go. Which,
1: I was which just wondering night, if you were with me. Which,
2: yeah. No, no. I, I was looking at you. Going, okay. Like four times the legal limit. Sure. But yeah. Good luck for him.
1: Yeah. That's probably what he was, though. To get that drunk that you do that, you're probably at point three, point four, or something like that. Uh, the look Shiv gives him. Um, oh, no. And then he. Oh, my God. Kendall. In a just a. Uh, like. A sort of like I can't go through the motions anymore more slow and pained says yeah I've got some new lawyers and uh you know we're just thinking about taking all the papers and communications from the last five years and putting it on insta okay I mean who's your fucking lawyers like uh Jake Paul like
2: <laughs> it, we're reaching that point clearly I, I think it's notable that when Kendall you know kind of Bellows out for his kids, very Logan style, and walks away. Comfrey feels the need to kind of turn them all and say, "Yeah, we've spoken to Vanity Fair, but it's more us calling them." She can barely even just keep a straight face when it comes to this job anymore.
1: Right, because he 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 goes on to explain that he's got some people. He's going to have a article with Vanity Fair, and he's just going to dump everything there. He goes to get his kids. They're like, hey, the kids can stay here. They clearly don't want to put too much on him. And he's like, I'm not leaving them with Logan, which is not a not a bad point. Um, I'm not sure I'd leave my kids with fucking Emperor Palpatine either. Fucking be Sith Lord. Little Sith Lords by the time you pick them up for the next day.
2: They'll, pl- they'll eat plenty of good mozzarella.
1: Greg, he seems good. And that's when Comfrey's like, don't worry about the Vanity Fair thing. Yeah. In comes Logan. He's on the phone. Robin says, do you need me? No. He then asks Carl to go ahead. Uh, and he walks out. Uh, Jerry then gives uh, the lay of the land to the kids. Says, what? Look, DOJ is going to hit us with a massive fine. Hey,
2: Spencer, the plot didn't we're go not, away. We're not done yet. And we don't resolve it this episode either. So it's possible this could still go someplace.
1: But, but that my point is, is that the worst case scenario with this particular plot that we were talking about last episode, which is that they literally had that little like champagne glass clicky thing. Oh, yeah. We're done. Jerry got some good news and that it was going to be over was really for us as fans of the show. Worst case scenario. Right. Because that, that is yes. so lazy. That's not what they're doing. There's still more meat on that bone. She says Gojo, Gojo's market cap has overtaken
2: them. So we were debating that last episode when that That's would a, happen. You you thought that would
1: happen. I thought it wouldn't. Uh, so shout out to you. You you called that one. Uh, not a great situation. Quote, Gojo's board may be considering entertaining other options. Shiv panics. Ask Roman yeah. what the hell's going on. Calm down. Don't get all sweaty, Betty. I'll figure it out and drop it in an email. And I don't know if you noticed as soon as he said this, Shiv looks at him and goes, thanks. <laughs> it was really like hard to yeah. catch. She just gives him a thanks. Logan then says, I'm going to meet Madsen to go get inside this. Roman asked Logan if he should go. No, stay
2: here and play with your dick. (laughs) We're not done yet when it came to the dick pic, but this seems to be almost all the fallout we're going to get.
1: Yeah, basically, here's the thing. If if you are in the entitled class that is the Roy children, you can sexually harass someone who has told Mm -hmm. you to your face, not to Repeatedly. do so. Repeatedly. And you can keep doing it. And the worst thing that comes out of it is someone teases you.
2: Yep. That Un-fucking is the world Unbelievable that in. he doesn't Again, get any more than this. We we wondered why none of them were seriously afraid of prison. Because this is what they've been raised in their entire lives. There are no repercussions.
1: Yeah. Shiv then says, well, I can go. And Logan then goes, whoa, whoa wait a second. I was just kidding. Uh, Roman, you could come with me. Come on. Tumble dick. He's your pal. Let's go see hens, Christian and fucking see if he's been telling
2: us fairy tales. <laughs> I, love Lo- I love when Logan turns a phrase. You can see where Robin got this, this stuff from.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Hounds, Christian and fuck. Then I thought it wasn't coming. I thought we weren't going to get the fucking intro and we finally get it at eight 35. That's a six minute and 31 second cold opening that's the longest of any show we have ever recorded and ever tracked on Mangum Talks.
2: It was like you. It was reaching the point of like, okay, I guess we're not doing an opening this episode. That's unique. I don't know. If, when was the last time we did that? And then suddenly it hits us this late in.
1: 631. That's a hell of a long cold opening. It was good, though. A lot of things happened. A lot yeah. of important stuff happened. Cut to Logan and Roman going to see Madsen. I got to tell you, they spent a lot of money on this show. They spend a lot of money on this show. the show. Just nope. the travel shots alone. But
2: that's what I was gonna say. That's what they spend money on: travel shots, renting boats, renting helicopters. Only the finest for their actors to go from point A to point B at various moments. None of this. Well, but God you know,
1: knows the, how long they were they were filming in Italy for this.
2: That's true. Yeah, the, the Tuscan estate that they rented out for the entire this entire couple episodes. It, yeah, could have been pricey.
1: I, I guarantee it was. This show is expensive. On the boat, Roman asks Logan if everything is okay. Logan looks at Carrie's legs and says, good look, a woman, huh? <laughs> Roman like, eh. So what is it, son? Are you scared of pussy? Is it all screens or up the ass with you or what?
2: <laughs> this, this is, again, we talked about this last episode. If Roman would just be a little bit more... I guess the term might be sexually confident or brazen or toxically masculine around Logan. Logan would be immediately receptive to it and have no further qualms, concerns or questions. The fact that Roman just continually dodges the subject convinces Logan there's something wrong with him. All He's Roman would have to, to do. Bond with him on this.
1: All Roman would have to do is say to look at Carrie and be like, "Fucking, I wouldn't kick her out of bed unless she wanted to do it on the floor." Or some say old like man that. that's yes. an old man saying i've heard before some, i wouldn't get some her out of the locker bed room to shit. Do it on the floor yeah say something like that that like that logan would bellow laugh high five son all good i love that he says is it is it all screens is it all porn
2: yeah
1: or up the ass or you get is it porn are you do you have a porn uh, addiction or are you gay? Like that's basically the only two <laughs> things in his <laughs> mind that can Old justify officer. not wanting to sit and objectify his, his, uh, concubine at this point. Ellis yes. Calder.
2: No other explanation for why Roman is the way he is. Other than those two poles,
1: Roman, geez, dad, can we just, I was just, I was just being horrible. At that is true. Uh, Logan then tells him if he needs to get straightened out, get straightened out. I don't want to know. So what did you, I had a question for you. What did you think straightened out was a reference to?
2: I don't know exactly. Clearly he means, you know, you are in some way sexually wrong or dysfunctional and you need to be fixed. But it's Logan. I don't know exactly what he means when he says that. Does he, is he? The two things we just got referenced were porn addiction and gay. If he's still working off those, he means get straightened out, maybe literally. But I'm not really sure. He clearly views Roman as wrong and defective and, you know, objectionable in some way and that needs to be fixed. I just don't know exactly how he's meaning that.
1: I thought he was offering up Carrie for a second because he was like, "Good looking woman, right?" Well, if you need to get straightened out, yeah, I don't want to hear about it.
2: I did I not thought read that's it what he that way. I did not <laughs> yeah. read it that way. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Logan does not seem a man to share sloppy seconds. I don't think it's in Logan's Logan's character to share.
1: I think the fact that even that we're having this, it just was very vague as to what he meant. Maybe Logan didn't know what he meant. Cuts to Logan and Roman arriving. Logan, so what? Are we doing this fucking merger or not? Madsen remarks how he's to the fucking point. Logan says, well, I could give you some small talk. Oh, what a nice house you have here. Oh, mm-hmm. he is pretty funny when he wants to be. Madsen says, no, I get bored easily. Logan, yeah, everything is pretty fucking boring, isn't it? Except this. I'll tell you, these two hit it off better than I thought they would.
2: I, I think part of the reason that Logan's willing to go forward with this deal is that he is now convinced the guy is serious and that the guy is worthy of respect and knows what he's doing. It really well, seems has like to Logan ha- that, right? has to wait well, he would not move forward with that but i think he is legitimately impressed with this guy and is actually kind of respects him i think the two of them respect each other more than they thought they would before they met
1: yep i agree i think they both thought they'd hate each other and i think they end up really kind of kicking in and hitting it off uh Ro- Ro- madsen says i'm interested logan pushes him he says like i know your boy is like look- bored, is looking at other options but if they stay tight this could work notice when a waiter comes over with coffee only roman takes it so establishing yeah. that Logan, Madsen, different level than Roman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they sit down um, and Madsen tells a story Mark Zuckerberg told him. Um,
2: about Roman slaves, which I've heard the story before.
1: About slaves, potentially the masters basically wanted to give them like special cloaks to identify them as slaves, but they decided not to do it because they worried that the slaves would notice how many slaves there were and might rise up and kill them. Roman, yeah, we don't love Mark. <laughs>
2: hey, after three servile revolts, the Romans don't fuck around with this shit anymore.
1: Logan, so what? Does he have a kid in Malaysia reading him history now?
2: <laughs> fair,
1: fair question. Madsen says he doesn't know, but if they want to survive, they need a lot of little folks running around shitting them data for the eyeballs, for the revenue, for the scale. No offense, but I think you have the techno- I don't think you have the technology or the orientation to get there. Logan says, well, you don't have the content, Madison. Maybe not, but we're flying like a fucking rocket ship, and you're sinking like a lead balloon.
2: Hit, they are both trying to make each other uncomfortable with their positions so that a deal can be reached on terms that will be most favorable to them. And they are trying to hit each other wherever they can, when about who's really the more stable and you know future-oriented enterprise here?
1: Yeah, it it's pretty, who pretty need, strange. Who needs who? Logan asks about his churn. Matson responds by saying, It's time for Waystar to beef up or sell out. You can't become a tech player because you and your business are just too you and your business are just you. too fucking old. Roman, whoa, he's in great shape. Do you know who he's fucking? Logan grimaces at that.
2: Uh, Logan's not think, like that.
1: I think this is the moment that Logan decides to send Roman away. When he says I, that, I, I think he thinks, I can't do this with this kid here.
2: I, I think between the coffee and that's he, the coffee, that, and what he's now pondering doing all bring him to the conclusion that we only need adults in the room right now.
1: Madsen says Logan is a legend, bulletproof, tank man. Kind of making fun of him there. Madsen mm-hmm. comments he's excited about the future. Logan says I am too, but Madsen says, yeah, yeah, but, but are you really which is kind of an interesting thing to ask someone who's in their 80s, right? If it's someone in their yeah. 80s says, I, I'm, I'm excited about the future, I do think it's kind of a fair thing to stop them and go, are you? It's it's a very I mean, it's odd a, thing yeah. to
2: hear from a, somebody over a certain age.
1: It's not that you can't be. It's But, like, let's pick at that a little bit. Are you? And Logan just says, yeah, well, that's something you say, isn't it? And a great series of quotes here about Logan. Absolutely great. It's I'm excited. a very series of
2: quotes from Logan. America? I don't know.
1: When I arrived here, there were these gentle giants smelling of gold or milk. They could do anything. Now look at them. Fat as fuck, scrawny on meth or yoga, as if mm. that's the same thing. They pissed it all away. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
2: It's a Oof. it's a very revealing kind of thing. I think it's almost a generational commentary right there on what the, you know, he views as the state of the country that he's now on the verge of leaving or you no, know, stepping back from.
1: Yeah, it does make me think that like half the horse shit that gets put on Fox News, maybe Logan would agree with a lot of this stuff. That like that America's just right around the corner from fucking falling off a cliff, you know.
2: I I think Logan I think that's kind of what Logan gets a little bit defensive about what he puts in the news is like I'm giving the people what I believe. I'm not just selling them shit.
1: Yeah, or at least partially believe, right? He tells yeah. him he's hurt, maybe tired. And then he, Madsen, makes sense to take over. This is what Madsen's telling him.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: hurt, you're tired. I make sense to take over. If that's something you're consider, we should talk, Logan. You're not fucking serious, Matson. Look, we could pay you out or give you control inside or outside of the assets you like.
2: We can make this easy on you in any kind of way. I, he says I
1: can. Main, we can maintain prestige. I'm not about making you small, which I think is an interesting thing to say to Logan. Well, Logan, but you'd rule the roost. You'd rule the board. Matson says, yeah, but I'd make it so fucking nice
2: for you. Yeah. I think he really does need to make this work. He needs to actually get Logan on board. He can't make this hostile. He can't muscle Logan out, because Logan has a lot of cachet in what he's getting involved in at this point. He kind of needs this to be a friendly kind of deal, and he needs there to be a certain transition period of where Logan's still kind of around waving the flag so he gets all of Logan's allies on his camp.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime anytime you're doing a merger, if you want to keep... Like, sometimes... Like, let me tell you about business, Spencer. Sometimes when you're doing doing a merger, you're doing it in an effort to uh, eradicate competition. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to buy this company. I make sweet tea and I'm going to buy this company that makes sweet tea. And I'm just going to fucking shut down their operations so that I can take over their market share, basically.
2: Yeah, That's not what Madsen's
1: doing. And that would be obviously stupid to do because... Waystar is a very, very profitable company. So he is trying to do this in such a way to maintain the business that they have, if not enhance it. And you Mm -hmm. can't do that without keeping a lot, a lot of the, like the institutional intelligence intact because the business won't be able to run. So he's, he's starting with Logan and I think he's going to feed down into the other other parts of this company to try to make sure that the folks who know how to run this business stay in
2: place in order to keep it profitable. It's all the more necessary for them because Waystar is the content producer of the two. Um, I'm suddenly blank on the name of his company. What's the name of, co- of, of, of Batson's company? Gojo.
1: Again?
2: Gojo are more the distributor. They're the means by which the content gets to the people kind of thing. If they don't have the content that Waystar provides, they got nothing to provide to the people. And they're just stuck with the people individually creating the content that they didn't distribute out to everybody else. Which is the long-term goal. But in the meantime, they need to get people to the platform. And Waystar is essential in that regard. So if they're not happy, they're not getting the data and new content that they need to actually get the uh, user, user numbers they need.
1: Matson goes on, says Roman would be absolutely <clears throat> essential to the integration. Face of the he's, family.
2: He's reading him as the heir. He's reading him as the heir apparent.
1: That's what he thought. As for the rest of Logan's top team, I'll assess them according to their abilities. Yike, yikes! That's, I don't like the sound a, of that's that. That's a at scary all. line. Yeah, uh, Logan, this is not happening. Madison, Madison says, "Yep, nope, right. I see that. Yep." But I mean, you know, I had to ask, right? I had to ask. Uh, but hey, look, Logan, why don't you stick around, around for a bit? Uh, Let's see if some of the old deal has a shape, right? Sad snacks, maybe some of that. You know, you have that Israeli AI operation, like some of the smaller stuff we could talk about. Logan says, huh, yeah, yeah, let me, uh, why not? Roman, why don't you uh, go, you're needed back at the wedding.
2: (laughs) Warning bell should have been going off in Roman's head in this moment, but somehow he just shrugs it off. Roman is so stupid because.
1: Nightmarishly so. Madsen. Madsen, basically what Madsen did, I think, is he saw Logan's reaction and he read it correctly that he's interested, but he's not going to have an honest conversation in front of Roman about it. And he needed to figure out a way to give Logan an out. So he said, oh, yeah, yep, I know. I know
0: this is this is
1: not going to happen anyway. Do you want to just like hang out a little bit? And that gave Logan the Logan doing the dance said, "Okay, Roman, you can go." Roman, a complete idiot, did not see any of this as a problem.
2: I think Matson even kind of telegraphed it a little bit because didn't he even say at one point thing. At one point when they're having the back and forth, he even says, "If it's a family thing, I get it." It's almost like he was telegraphing a little bit, saying, "Maybe we have this conversation in a minute. I get you. I get you. Let's go through the method. Let's go through. The, let's go through the little circles, and then we'll get to where we actually want to be."
1: And let's go ahead and establish now. Why does the why do the kids hate the idea of Logan selling the company so
2: much? Cuz they'll have to be assessed according to their individual merits.
1: Exactly. They are not guaranteed high-level jobs in this company. No. They are not given the opportunity to potentially take it over one day. Um all the silver spoon stuff that they have been enjoying with Waystar, all gone. out
2: of their mouth. Now, they might get money,
1: but they won't have the prestige, power. they won't have the job, they won't have the power, they won't have the revenue stream of the company coming in anymore.
2: They could have billions in their name. This is a great deal for the company. This is a great deal for the shareholders. It's the absolute right move as part of their fiduciary responsibilities, but it makes them actually earn their keep if they want the power and the prestige that they've assumed all throughout their lives, going forward, it's the idea of just having lots of money means nothing to them. They've always had lots of money. More money is irrelevant. It's the power that's everything that they built their lives around. And now they're suddenly being forced to consider the idea that their dad is just throwing the knife in the mud and making them all fight for it now.
1: Yeah. Well, not even that, right? Because it's completely starting over. It's not even like there's not even like one knife for them to fight over. It's like there's no knives. There's, they just have to start find
2: over. the knife, the mu- find yeah, the they, knife they in the mud. Find the knife. Yeah, they gotta mu-
1: completely start over, like all well, of them,
2: because they're, they're working under the assumption that they're not going to be able to maintain their existing positions, and that Matson will be in his interest to muscle them out sooner rather than later. Which he will. That's their assumption, and it's probably got some merit.
1: Please Cut to another succession still. scene. Well, Madsen takes a call. Logan sits and he's clearly in thought. Cut to another succession scene where we got people traveling and classical music. Roman Roman on a boat. Uh, Cut to that evening. Then the next day. So we cycle through. And they are hanging around a hotel. Roman sits down with Shiv and Connor. Shiv mentions the merger of equals. Ask if it's happening. Connor goes a bit apeshit at this. Says he didn't know it was happening. Who, why didn't anybody tell me about this merger of equals thing? He's way behind. Like they
0: don't,
1: yeah. (laughs) He is way behind as far as the news goes. Um, Connor says, uh, he's got it out for Madsen's got it out for me, doesn't like me.
2: Um, Yeah. Connor's a bit of a, A political figure that Matson wouldn't appreciate as much on his content, on his content provider.
1: I'm going to say that he's the type of political figure that Matson doesn't know.
2: That's also a fair read of the situation, yes. I don't
1: think he knows who the fuck Connor is. Um, Roman says, let's talk about this later. Right now, it's time to talk about Big Brother. So Kendall walks up. So what is this? Shiv asks him to take a seat, and he does. Shiv Shiv then says they wanted to get together to let him know they love him. I want it. Look, here's the deal. Spencer, yeah, could, you, yeah. could you come in? Could you sit down?
2: What What is this? What are we doing? I right?
1: just want to start by saying that we all love you. Okay. And nothing good is coming.
2: Nope. Nope. This is the, I'd like to start an intervention language right now at the front page of the handbook. This is, we all want to let you know that we love you. Intervention page 101.
1: Absolutely, intervention mad libs that they're playing here. And she, she's, we want to let you know that we love you. Kendall, what? Connor, I love you. Straight up. I believe that. Yeah. Kendall then asks for it, what's your angle? What's going on here? Connor says, there's no angle. They're worried because you either consciously or unconsciously tried to kill yourself. Again, I don't think that's, I don't think the, I think we it, could take the consciously thing off of it. That's a strange way to try to kill yourself is to just, it like, is.
2: I don't think that's block. what happened. If you were somebody around Kendall, at the least at the back of your head, you'd have concerns and want to check in right
1: now. Oh, uh, the the unconsciously thing. Absolutely. This yeah. is self-destructive behavior. He's flaming out all of that. Absolutely. But I, I don't think he like this wasn't like a put the rope around your neck, kick the stool, you know, over type of suicide attempt. This is a more I got super drunk and bad things happened. Sure. Um, Kendall pushes back, says, is this an intervention? they get quiet. Cause he's like, cause you need an intervention. He becomes the Oprah of interventions. Yeah, and you need one. You, and you need and an intervention. You. Everybody intervention needs everyone. an intervention. God damn it. Kiv, Shiv cuts the shit. Says you're an addict. You're addicted to booze, to drugs and relationships and sex and work and the family drama. Kendall does not refute any of that.
2: It's all true. And says,
1: look who's fucking here. I don't see it. You don't have any standing, which is not necessarily relevant when someone is talking about you, but whatever.
2: It's the Get Russian method of defense. Kendall then
1: says, um, you know, uh, or Connor jumps in and says, you need to stop trying to kill Pop. And that lasts for what? Spencer, so about 46 minutes or something. 36? Something like that in the episode. It they, lasts, they try hard, lasts for about half this episode.
2: They try very hard to not kill their father this episode. They, they work diligently to not do it and didn't fail by the time we're done.
1: And that he's selfish and self-centered at con could you not shiv and rum cut him off and they established that Shiv should be leading which connor is already starting to get heated kendall then this says great, look him. i hear you i hear you but i just feel like everything i've i've done is with good intentions you know he yeah. says this is really more about your shit than mine
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: he got to the fact that he's being defensive he says i know it sounds yes. like i'm being defensive but i hear you do you have any but. idea how it feels as the eldest son? What? To be promised something, and then Shiv says, Yeah, I do. As, like, it was weird because I think she felt like I've been promised things too, and that's was her response. Yes. Connor speaks up I'm the eldest son. I'm the eldest son. I'm the eldest son. And no one told me this fucking merger of equals. I'm the eldest son. And I need to be taken into account.
2: I might want to take over. <laughs> Okay. All right. This was very much. you Have you you've, you've seen Godfather before? Absolutely. Fredo. This was very much his Fredo. I'm smart. I can do things kind of speech right now. Yeah. I was. think Connor actually can. And I think he does. Should be brought into this stuff more. But no one takes him seriously as he's saying this right now.
1: I might want to take over. Kendall rightly points out that, hey, we're talking about me now, right? Like, I. Which Kendall is so funny because in. When they're talking about him, he doesn't want them to talk about him. But the second they stop talking about him, he's like, wait, wait, wait. Talking like, wait, wait we're, talking, we're talking about me, right? Um,
2: so so Pretty funny then. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Connor then snaps, shut up. I didn't see Pop for three years, but your spoon wasn't shiny enough. It's not all about you.
2: Did we know that? Nope. Did we know in the context of what that is? No. I'm, yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, I have a vague memory of some reference to that previously, but I wish we could explore that more.
1: I don't think we have any idea what that was, but I think I think that it is fair to assume that Connor had a very different relationship with Logan in, in different circumstances than the other three kids did. So I probably think not that's, helped,
2: probably I think not that's what by that his mom. is. Pro- probably <laughs> not helped by his mom being committed kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's probably what that was. Um, and then... Kendall says, I thought you loved me. (laughs) I do, you asshole. (laughs) I do, you fucking prick. I love all three of you. What do I get for it? Chop change. Connor then goes on to say he proposed to his fiance, and no one, no one, no one, Spencer said congratulations. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Connor makes a lot of good points in this This conversation and in many other. This is not a good one. No, <laughs> no one no congrats- congratulates you for asking the question, dude. You get congratulated when she says yes.
2: Yeah. When the answer is still pending and there are doubts in the air, no one offers that congratulation. yet. Commiseration. He maybe
1: he walks off Roman. He is
2: him. Connor. Fuck, fuck off. He's getting a little Logan in the background. So that was very much a summoning a Logan moment right there.
1: So how do, how would you rate their intervention?
2: Uh, not very effective. I, so I I don't I, I think they should I think they should discuss this a little bit more a little bit more preparation. It's a good setting for an intervention. I think that's solid. But no, I'm a score out of 10, two, three, barely even effectual I barely even acknowledge the talking points.
1: So you're saying that the Roy kids didn't do enough actual preparation for something they were attempting to accomplish?
2: I know. I was as shocked as you are about this.
1: Yeah, I know. This th- this doesn't come up later in the episode. Cut God to Connor a and Wyla waiting for a car, and Connor says, eh, "I couldn't sleep last night because the AC." She's like, "The AC, huh?" Yeah, she knows it wasn't just the AC. He says, "Oh," and it. My goddamn family hates me. I'm gonna lose ATM to a goddamn sweet. He he has ATN. I'm confused. His campaign is fucked, and you're gonna leave me. And I love I, you.
2: I really felt bad for Connor in this moment.
1: I did too. I did too. What? So did Wila. She looks at him and says, you're a nice man.
2: Oh, and he's like, yes, yeah, thanks. thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That helps me a lot. Appreciate it. Fuck it.
1: Fuck it. <sighs> Fuck it. Here it is. Here it is, Spencer.
2: Say it. How Just bad say it. can it be? Oh God. Oh God. How, How bad can it be?
1: Hear? We'll have fun.
2: Fuck it. Right. If, okay, you propose to a partner and yeah. that's what they say back to you in response. Fuck it. We'll have fun. How bad could it be? Do you walk right then or do you well, do what Connor did?
1: Well, I absolutely walk. I would have walked the second I asked and she said, like, she, she said no in so many words for so. I mean, like, someone knows so, if they so, want to marry you. The, 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 this thing of I got to have a think like that. None of that was good. I would have been out of this thing way before this, but I, I'll say that this is actually within character, I think for Connor. Oh yeah. Because Connor Very has,
2: sadly.
1: well, no, probably not the way you're thinking. Connor has an awful lot of self-confidence. He just Surprising thinks, about, yes. he thinks, Get, just give me a shot. I'll make it work. Get, put me up on that debate stage. I'll I'll just crush it. So in yeah. his mind, I guarantee he's thinking, oh, I'll win her over. Don't worry about it. Like, as soon as we get married, she's going to love it. She's going to love me. I'm great. All I have to do is get her to say yes, and then I'll make it all work later.
2: Connor and I could not be more different in this regard. But yeah, he is the ultimate foot in the door guy. Just give me a shot. Give me any opportunity. Doesn't matter if it's a one in a million chance. I will make this happen. I... I his confidence is inspiring.
1: So you don't feel good about fuck it as an answer to will you marry me.
2: No! God no. That would break me as a person if I st- like I take the emotional commitment to tell another person I love you and like to marry you and their response is, "Eh, how bad could it be?" Funk knife through the heart kind of moment.
1: I think what I think fuck it to some of the younger audience might be an acceptable answer to will you marry me i think the writers i think the writers uh, know that that sort of like that answer of that fuck it let's just do it yeah this is fucking bad like
2: that thing i I only if they they wanted wanted to to disabuse
1: yeah they wanted to disabuse the watcher that that's what that it was and so they gave her the line how bad can it be
2: that is probably a a reasonable read of the situation but i think we're both of the same mindset that Whatever confidence we can summon in the world, we would not have taken this as well as Connor clearly does.
1: Then you just get more dramatic. Go ahead.
2: Because he's beaming. He's just excited. He's yelling, fuck it, too. They're getting in the car. And as he's still smiling as they get in the car, we focus briefly on Wila's face. Yeah. And I think it's very much a, what the fuck did I just do out of vague guilt and caring for this man?
1: Yep. You're a nice man. You're a nice man is something you say to an old person, too.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Then we get more dramatic music playing. Frank and Carl arrive. They ask Logan. Um, they ask uh, Carrie about Logan. Carrie, by the way, stylin, profiling. Very different outfit situation than previous.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh power suit.
1: She gives them all kinds of sarcasm. He's amazing. As always, her standing is so different now, boy. She just tells it. Basically everybody who's not named Logan or Marsha, when you ask her a question, she basically says, fuck off in so many
2: words. This is an interesting scene too, because I just interpreted this time as like, oh, okay, well they're showing up for the wedding, I guess. Sure, okay, that's not that weird. Did not understand until much later in the episode. Oh no, 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 movements are happening. Big changes are afoot
1: and they and they get the timeline right because it's it's the next day so yes. clearly logan called them and said get your ass over here and they did it they did a red eye and they got there and it's the next day
2: do you think they actually had to fly commercial to get there on time
1: oh maybe they didn't i mean but, it, but even even if it's not i think you can still call it a red eye right even if it's a private because it's a time that you do it you do it No, overnight.
2: no, I, I was just mocking that they were probably so desperate to get them there they may not even have the private plane available just made them take the first flight out kind of thing
1: yeah who knows uh I, but they did say they were going to quit the PJs, and I trust them on that. So,
2: We've seen a lot of evidence to support that kind of decision.
1: Then we see right before the wedding, Shiv and Roman are looking for dad. Shiv, is the deal good? Roman, all will be revealed.
2: Like he's still in the know. Like he still has insider knowledge about all this shit. He's, is he just purely fronting, or does he actually believe his own shit at this point? No,
1: he's, I, I, I'm not going to use that. What is that? Ver? Is it a verb fronting? I quit yeah. using that one about 10 years ago. I don't use that one anymore. Um, but he <laughs> he's sure doing something. <laughs> he's doing something. And he, he, I don't think he believes it. Obviously he does. He knows he doesn't know it. And, and Shiv on his shit. No, can read him like a fucking book immediately. is like, you don't know jack shit. Do you, you don't yeah. fucking know a thing. You don't know a thing.
2: And he, he's also not making any effort to ask either. It's like, you know, going out and asking would be revealing how weak he actually is in this moment.
1: And I honestly believe Shiv reads his reactions better than his initial statement. So when he goes, uh, all will be revealed. I think when she goes, you don't know jack shit, do you? His reaction to that, where he gets all like, that's yeah, when she the, knows. She knows.
0: Yeah That's
1: that's the second. Yep. Then we see Peter come storming out looking for someone, wonder who that could be. Mm. I find him to be just a completely pathetic man. I don't know about you.
2: We, we've given no, no grounds to think otherwise.
1: I don't like this Peter character. Shiv and Roman are talking a lot of the, lot of Shiv Roman time in this episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Whole I lot. appreciated
1: it. Way more than I would have expected based on the last episode. I thought Roman would be like to the corner, but instead Shiv seems to have buddied up
2: to him. How many times have we thought that, well, man, that's the end of their relationship. Oh, man, they got to be on the outs now. And then the next episode, they're just talking like nothing happened. The Jeez. cyclical nature of just abuse and sniping these characters go through is just tragic. I think
1: that's that is that I think that is a perfect way to describe the dynamic between the three of them. Because Kendall, yeah. Roman, and Shiv, there's so many moments where you think they just fucking hate each other. And then the very next episode, they're like... Hey, kid, what's up, bud? Like, they...
2: Yeah. I don't know. Did you, I guess they did you just, hear mom got married? Yeah.
1: yeah. I guess they just try to fucking murder each other in their sleep, like, every single night growing up, and they're just used to this. They got they got their reps I, in.
2: I would have loved to have seen them in a room with bunk beds at, like, age 9, 10. How these kids interacted with each other. It, it, you think it would be almost exactly the same, just writ small? Do you
1: think you could have dealt with that as a kid? Do you think you could have dealt with being in that environment?
2: No... No, I would have been very much the Connor just gets the fuck away from you to try to run away. Right.
1: See, that's what I was saying. I don't, I I don't think you could have, I don't know if I could have, but it would have, it would have taken a very special type of personality for a young kid to be able to watch what had to be going on in that fucking place. Cause it had to be uh, a disaster. Absolutely. Awful. Uh, a lot of Shiv, Roman. Shiv explains that mom does in fact have a prenup. Apparently she wants that London flat that dad gave her. So she does have one. Yeah. There we go. Case closed. No, no more concerns about that.
2: No, no. Never going to come up again in the episode, right? Roman, what if she,
1: what if he pushes her down the stairs? What if he kills her for the flat he so desires? Shiv,
2: what if it's worse? What if he fucks her with his dick? See what I'm saying? Again. Every opportunity. In rapid succession coming up too. She drops like four in the same wedding, w- wedding walk up. But you know what makes me really this, th- that this was actually so funny. And
1: I don't know if you caught it, M- you, most people wouldn't if they weren't following with the subtitles because she says, what if it's worse? What if he fucks her with his dick and Roman as the, as the camera's panning away, Roman goes, hello, children fucking with her. Like, <laughs> I saw that there's yeah, kids we're, around.
2: We're, we're, <laughs> well, the, the, the kids do walk by as she does this. Children. Yeah. Cut to Greg. Great
1: Greg episode. He's asking Tom to chat. Could you talk to Comfrey for me? Apparently. Greg wants to make a move on the princess. Yeah, it's a princess, my friend. Greg. Tom astutely asks questions if she's a princess. We thought she was a countess. Greg explains that apparently, apparently she's like eighth in line for the throne of Luxembourg. Which is a duchy,
2: so she's not a princess, but we'll return to this. He's going to be a... Yeah, Bert's gonna, he, Greg's gonna be royalty. Woo! I love Tom's go, description of this. He's like, go Greg. What, what is Tom's exact quote? It's like, man, Greg, that's like one plane crash away from being the weirdest royalty. I've got in it right here. Please. Eighth
1: in line, Greg. You marry her? You're a plane crash away, from becoming Europe's weirdest king, Greg. Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> that reaction I... is almost funnier than the rest of it. Don't be silly.
2: You talk. We talked about Connor having surprising amount of just optimism and self confidence. Greg is a surprising addition to that list of where that man has a very impressive amount of ambition about where he thinks he could end up in life. Dude, you off
1: a couple of hemophiliacs and you'll be the king of Luxembourg. You sound like a fancy cookie,
2: <laughs> Greg. It's actually a Grand Duchy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It's something to do with so, the Congress of Vienna. I love he's just dropping that. It's like, you, you briefly read a textbook or the Wikipedia page about how Luxembourg came into existence? Oh, no. No,
1: it's, it's something to do with the Congress of Vienna. She doesn't like to talk about it, but we do talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> I got to say, Greg and Tom in
2: this episode are elite, elite. Oh, they're elite. Okay, read this for me. Read this for me. We haven't seen much of the two of them interact. But based purely on his descriptions and what you've seen, do you think there's actually potential between Greg and the Comtessa?
1: Yeah. You do? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Sure. Why not? Because, dude, like so much of relationships is confidence. So much. It's it, true. Greg thinks Greg th- when he talks to her, he thinks he should be talking to her. And that is our fucking battle, if not more with a woman in her position, because the vast majority of men who talk to her think that they shouldn't be talking to her. But Greg she's too pretty. She's too she's too high society.
2: Greg just walks in like he owns the room.
1: Our goofy, dumb little beagle. He just runs right up. He just doesn't know any better.
2: You just nuzzles her. You have moments of brilliance where you perfectly describe a character, but our goofy, dumb little Beagle is the most accurate description of Greg I've ever heard.
1: That's exactly. He just, he doesn't know any different. And the fact that he talk, he's so willing to put himself in front of her, to have confidence when he talks to her and to be his very um, memorable self. I'm going to call it. He is there. I think I would be, I'm going to bet you we're going to, it's going to be an interesting bet because it's going to be like two years before this pays. We're going to start the next season with Greg dating the, the duchy, the the, the the countess.
2: This is your call? This is yeah. your backwards trucker hat bet right now? Absolutely. I think so. Okay. I think he's got it in.
1: She she even, we'll get to it. Um, t- then in comes Roman. Um, Tom bemoans that if Roman marries her, he'll invade France.
2: <laughs> I love, love the two of them talking with each other. It's so great. Cut
1: to Carrie walking in and giving Logan some sort of smoothie. She seems quite determined. Did you notice the camera really focusing in on her face as she's walking in and out, being super
2: determined? Absolutely. It, 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 her, you went to talk rises as a character, her rise to be the center of this episode in a lot of scenes in a lot of ways is shocking. Her as being a background character five or six episodes ago.
0: What'd
1: you think of the actress?
2: She's okay. I, 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 she's a little... Everybody on this show is solid, she's probably in the bottom fourth, bottom third. compared to the
1: baby. I think they could have done a little better with the casting. I'm not, yeah. I'm not digging her portrayal here. Uh, maybe she's good in other stuff, but she's got a chance to be memorable in some of these scenes. And I, I just don't get it. I, it's she's not, functional. It's not, not the best.
2: She's she's functional. Whereas everybody else is killing it.
1: Marsha then comes in. This is the scene I
2: referenced earlier. Says she'd like to take her
1: omelet in her room. Carrie says, yes, I'll, ma'am. I'll yeah, let yeah, him yeah, know. I'll yeah, let yeah, him yeah, know. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Cut to Kendall showing up late. Kendall was late to the wedding. Spencer, sit down. I don't it, it want you to seemed, be
2: too surprised. I, I like that he also seems surprised, too. That when, he, when he walks up and realizes that everyone's, you know, assembled out front, he actually kind of does that little, little speed step kind of walk upon on the realization that, oh, shit, I'm actually interfering with things.
1: Yeah, so let me help people out here because I'm the Kendall Whisperer of this podcast, obviously. Indeed. I think that it, the casual out there, and I love to talk to the casuals, the casual are going to think Kendall probably hung over, just waking up, just getting there. Easy narrative, right? Sure. That's not what's going on. Kendall is severely depressed. And when you're severely depressed, your ability to be on time to things, to mm-hmm. even monitor time, um, to do very basic things like put your clothes on, do your dishes, all that stuff goes out the wayside. So I think he is severely depressed and therefore is just having a really tough time just getting one foot in front of the other and meeting the bare minimum of his responsibilities.
2: Yeah, lethargy is his life, given the amount of depression that he's going through. Just getting out of bed in the morning, I'm sure, is a trial. And so the fact that he got on a brown suit to attend a wedding, impressive effort.
1: Uh, yeah, it really, actually really is. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you meant that facetiously, but I no, no, in his I'm, level I, of I, depression, I, it is a really, it really is showing how much he loves his mother
2: that he's even able to get there. Um, I'm, it's one it's of one things. I, like, I mock Kendall a lot because he's just a failed puppy of a person, but I sympathize with him a lot with what he's going through, and it is hard not to have your heart bleed for the guy this episode. In a lot of ways, even before his epic give-the-man-all-the-awards kind of moment later on.
1: Yeah. Uh, Peter's out front looking for Logan. Mm -hmm. God, he is pathetic. Carolyn comes up and even calls it out. Says, look, I think you're just going to have to come to the fact that Logan's not coming. You're going to have to make do with me. They walk in as they do. Shiv whispers into Roman's ear. You should tell mommy that you love her when she walks by. So here, here, it's going to get gross here in a second. Yeah. But this was the, she, she laughed at this in this family. Let me just put it out here for people in -hmm. this family. The idea that you would tell your mother that you love her on her wedding day is fucking practical joke.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that it would be immediately construed as edible to even just suggest that kind of comment. (laughs) And she goes right on uh, or tell them the reason they can't get married
1: is because she's the only one that makes her son's pee pee go boom boom.
2: This is. This is made all the worst, and how much that Shiv hits him with this. This episode is that Roman doesn't really fire back at any point. This episode, when it comes to this shit, he's surprisingly muted. Usually, he returns gross fire, but it's all just—it feels almost unidirectional. This episode, it's just Shiv hitting him with it. With
1: it's—it—it is it, it, it's very strange how it seems like she is. She's starting so much. And it's not just very casual. Like, hey, Roman, would, would you, you know, you, you're a loser. You can't have sex with the countess. It's yeah. like you, you get a fucking moms and from your own kind of mother. Shit.
2: Like, it's yeah. fucking real sideways Re- shit. <laughs> repeatedly, over and over, non-stopping the episode.
1: Very, very strange here from Shiv um i have it all in my in my uh in my notes here in all caps and they wonder why roman is so fucked up i I think that
2: was a little hasty on my part there's probably a lot of other reasons why he's fucked up but this This doesn't help help. the relationship that the the relationship the two of them have contributes to their mutual fucked upness
1: listeners i'm not saying that shiv is the reason that roman is fucked up i just want to make that clear i'm not saying that okay i'm saying she's not helping everyone Everyone sits down. down Everyone sits down, and Schiff has to remind Roman to sit down because he's looking at his phone. Fucking yeah, it's All the little point. things. It's the little yeah. things in yeah. shows like this that perfectly make me authentic. die. I yeah. find that more funny than half the shit in this episode that's meant to be funny. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's looking at his phone and it's just like Roman, just sit down. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if we were at a wedding and like you had to like remind one of your friends, "Hey, dude, sit down." <laughs> texting. I can, oh God.
2: I can picture certain friends more likely than others that I have to remind.
1: So goddamn funny. Uh, Wyla is crying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Loves weddings.
1: Yep. Greg is chatting with the princess and Comfrey on the other side. Whoa. On the other spitzer. It's a Greg sandwich arm
2: on each arm. And they're both into him and they're both smiling the entire wedding.
1: I'm telling you,
2: I knew it. I'm telling, I, I had
1: to, I, I was sniffing this out that Greg is better with women than people think he is. They're both there. They're both trying to talk to him. Hilarious to me how Greg, you're going to get, you're getting the inside gears of Greg's game, right? Because opportunistic to the, to the princess. I love weddings. Oh, me too. To Comfrey. Jesus. What is she on? Fucking kill me now. Like he is both sides of his mouth.
2: He reads a room well, and he knows exactly what people want. Kudos for the guy. It's going to blow up horribly at some point but for right now power to you
1: it absolutely will not he's going to probably marry this grand duchy it's going to be awesome um
2: and he's going to eat he's going to eat sparrows every day as he goes to his royal palace and then slowly kill off the rest of the royal family this is your prediction for the future
1: no, I just think he's going to live a wonderful fucking life, uh, married to the princess, and it's going to annoy everyone but Tom, who mm-hmm. uh, who, who protects and takes care of him, as we see later. Uh, cut to one of the worst wedding speeches I've ever seen, Spencer. It's well established on this podcast channel and in our friendship that you are not married yet, but when you do get married and you will get married one day, you will invite me to your wedding and I will give a speech that is cemented in stone. It's been codified <laughs> on the tablets that came down from the mountainside.
2: Can I count on you to for it to be at least marginally better than what Shiv gives us this episode. I
1: was going to and I know I'm this is a stretch here I was going to promise you to be better than Shiv
2: You know it's the big gestures that you make promise. to sell our friendship I, I will I, do I better know you're going out there
1: I will do better than the first words that came to mind were shit no what bitch and other ones like totally and unprepared <laughs> Holy fuck hot right out of the
2: gate I, 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 get, score this over time <laughs> I, w- I want to know what the progression is. I, at some moments, she hits mediocre, I think, when it comes to this wedding speech. But generally, it's just horrible.
1: Fucking terrible. She again goes on to call her mother a constant in her life, constant pain And I thought that was actually, like, a weak joke. Like, not even, like... Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm so offended that you say I'm saying that that just is lame. Like, that wasn't yeah. good. Uh, notice Peter. I just want to point out, he's buzzing away like a cheap bottle of Prosecco over there. I just want to point out. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, she have um, uh, but I love her. Anyway, I have no doubt, Peter, that you will be, uh, you'll never be bored in the brief time you are married. Uh, there is no one like my mother. You are a lucky guy and I'm jealous of the time you get to spend with her. I hope that your marriage is as rich and happy, rewarding and fulfilling as mine. Dump, dump, dump. Yeah. Grab's Thomas the foreshadow, during foreshadow. this moment. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to say that as a wedding, like if the point of the wedding speech is to entertain the audience, yeah, I'm going to give her a C plus. Better than I would have thought if the point of the wedding speech is to which I think the point of the wedding speech is, is to first and foremost indicate to your loved one that you care about them and one B entertain the audience. I'm going to say an F plus can you get F plus Fair. maybe
2: <laughs> F, plus, F plus can count. This was a high failing grade. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was not great. Um, so, uh, then we have Marsha who excuses herself. Shiv. Do you think she knows something? what if it's all falling apart? Shiv is like gotten, you know what? Like one track. You know what Kendall needs to do? He needs to lean over to Shiv and be like, Hey, lay off the drugs. Would you (laughs) Getting a little (laughs) stop putting cocaine in your drink? Please. Jesus. You're getting a little bit, uh, you know, good God, Shiv, you're in your own head here. Um, Connor, uh, walks up and Shiv apologizes. Connor. So guess who's going to get married to the greatest gal in the world. A lot of Spencer quotes here from Connor. uh, You know, yeah, totally. But fuck you. They do actually now offer
2: him congrats, which is they when you do. should, and it feels sincere,
1: which is when you should. Connor then mentions that folks are being weird. Logan's inner circle is not easy to find. Logan then pull. Connor then pulls out something that looks like a dried piece of vegetation, maybe,
2: or a penis, or an aged, an, 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 an aged historical penis in some variety,
1: <laughs> which is what Roman says. Connor says, "No, it's maca root for Ro- Logan's smoothie." He's working on his baby batter. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. oh! It's your dad, sir. Don't describe it in those terms. That's just a. Even if it's like your, that's just a batter is so. That's a gross word, batter. Um, and apparently this, uh, all, just t- take notes. Take some notes here, Spencer. Sure. This, um, almond root, walnuts are all things that you need to take when you're trying to make your sperm more potent. So you know, make sure you document that.
2: Uh, as if i don't already know but yes go on isn't that it's so stra- <laughs> it's such a strange thing
1: i'm going to tell you that the idea that logan would still sell waystar royco was a little startling to me the idea that logan would is trying to impregnate fucking Carrie. <laughs> yeah if
2: we're, if we're ranking those that one was still i feel like that one was just kind of brushed under the rug as we were jetting what? by in this episode but that was like oh didn't ponder that was the direction we were going in Ugh. That is. Ugh.
1: So this freaks out Roman and Shiv. Very Shakespearean here. Um, yeah. uh, I, he's going to be I, rocking I, sperm like a little catfish. Uh, sperm's like a little catfish. Strange line from I, Rom, or Connor. Shiv, Connor, Jesus, stop. I feel ill. Shiv speaking for all of us there. Roman, okay, well, we need to find a plan to kill this baby.
2: Like, he just, <laughs> No time. Just priorities. Okay, baby we need die. a plan to kill this baby. <laughs> Yeah, we need to go full Lion King on the situation right here.
1: So if there is one constant here in the episode, it is that Shiv and Roman are at each other's hip the entire episode. She's making sexual jokes to him, and they are trying to protect their their spot. Yes. They want to protect what's theirs. They are very, very concerned about losing things.
2: Very much that. Be it from potential future proto-family members or boards taking taking off their inheritance. They are... Setting boundaries on what is theirs and what can be touched.
1: And, you know, it's again, I point out the little things in acting. I want to point out the guy who plays Tom because Tom walks up and Shiv explains that Logan is trying for a baby and he gives a
2: world class
1: what. It's what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And then immediately transitions from that moment to go, hey. What does he refer to it as? Is, what, what, what does he say about it? Hey, space race or something like that about it? Yeah, he does.
1: He says, well, maybe we should get going. Space race. And Roman immediately gets excited and views what? a time to start I punching back out. at his sister. She cannot get pregnant because if she could, she would have already. She has had a lot of sex with a lot of men. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <It was good. laughs> I love that, line, that. If it was going to happen, every prior opportunity would have, would have led to it at least once. It would have happened already.
1: She's had a lot of sex with a lot of men. That's a good
2: way of putting that. Tom, Tom, I love Tom's just unflappable way of saying, like he just like leans in, still smiling. Oh, we're going to freeze. I know, Roman. Well, you know why she's making
1: you do that, right? She's going to make you carry it. You're going to have to poop out your own baby and squeeze out your little Tommy tits for man milk. You notice this actually makes Tom laugh. I think it might've made the actor laugh. They're very cagey in this show about telling you what's improv or what's not. The only thing yes. I know for certain is that they do allow improv. They allow yeah. their actors, all of their main cast to improv at will. I just feel like there, I, I think it's a lot of Kieran Culkin stuff. It has, it just has to be, I, I just feel like this might've been a little improv. I,
2: either it is, or some of the writers just have such a perfect read on what his dialogue should be in any, in any given moment. the lines that he spits out are just so delightfully Roman.
1: Okay, so I give a lot of credit to the writing on the show. Are you ready for me to criticize it? Go on, please. I get a little annoyed with the cadence. Uh, mm, uh, You uh, think that... uh, mm, uh, mm, er, er, There's a lot of that in this show.
2: They're going for like a Joss Whedon kind of realism that, you know, people don't talk in perfectly highfalutin, uh, you know, West Wing kind of sentences. But... It gets a little frustrating that "uh" is probably the most common phrase actually uttered in the script. I know,
1: and like I and I love look and our friend BJ who does another pod with me that we do uh, reviewing Amazon's Wheel of Time series called As Wheel of Time Turns. BJ doesn't listen to this podcast because he doesn't want Succession. If he did, he'd be so angry with me because I get on his ass so much about saying "uh" and "um" on podcast. Yet my favorite show on television says "uh" and "um" every other fucking word in the dialogue. What constant.
2: I think there's a balance to be achieved. I mean, as much as I love Aaron Sorkin's material, some of his stuff gets just so, this is a play. This isn't real life kind of style of dialogue sure. that you yeah. lose track of any sense of realism, but you can go a little bit too far. It's like, why do all of your characters feel like they have speech impediments?
1: Well, in particularly Shiv, they, they give her a lot of the, the very first thing she says is, uh, uh, that she does that a lot. Um, anyway, That's criticism over enter Jerry. And she says the most corporate white collar upper crust gossip of all time. I just heard Larry Vandestat's PJ landed at El Dante and he's headed for Lake Maggiore. Fucking, I understood (laughs) some of those words. That is some upper crust shit. Apparently this guy helps with financing and they are confused. Why? Because this is supposed to be an all stock deal. Jerry then asked them to split up and pool. Uh, Roman says he's going to talk to Carrie Ask Shiv to talk to Marsha Shiv. Sure. I'll scale the North face of the fucking Iger. Jesus. Fuck.
2: (laughs) Uh, Shiv's on tilt when it comes to these kind of moments, she does not like to be out of the know and man, are they out of it right now?
1: And Shiv looks great. This episode, as she does all episodes, Sarah Snook is gorgeous. This, uh, this dress looks really uncomfortable. She look yeah, she's trying to maneuver around, especially with that scene with Kendall. She looks very uncomfortable. Um, Cut to Greg talking to the Countess, Princess, Ben Dutchie. Get it, Greg. She's telling him she gives a lot of money to a lot of environmental charities. Greg, which ones? Not Greenpeace.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I was so convinced that would be a one-off thing. We'd never return to that. It was just a joke between the actors. No, this is the driving force for this character for the rest of his run on this show.
1: Well, what we're learning is that, you know, like we've talked Greg. about, like our friend BJ does with you, like we BJ creates a narrative for you and then gets upset that you as a person don't live up to the character that he's created in his head. Yes. I think we all created an, an idea of what Greg is supposed to be. And I think Greg is showing you he's not quite that. If he wants to hit on a princess, by God, he'll hit on a princess. And don't you dare tell him it's out of his league. And number two, if he's coming for Greenpeace, he's going to, he's coming hard. No. He's coming guns blazing and he's not going to stop.
2: I think we've learned a very viable lesson that we need to keep track of that. Don't fuck with Greg because Greg not a grudge. Greg will Absolutely. bury you at some point.
1: She says no. She says someone else. Greg says good. I have some beef with Greenpeace. Long story, but they're bad. <laughs> yeah. One guy in Greenland just cashed checks and eat penguins and stomping cigarettes out on glaciers. Spencer, let me ask you something. Is this the most anti-environmental stuff Greg could just think of offhand? Like, I think in his mind, he was doing adverbs of like, what's bad for the environment? Well, eat penguins, cigarettes, glaciers. Let's combine
2: those together in a sentence and deliver it out of our mouth right now.
1: In Pops Roman, he tells the princess to feel free to cut Greg dead. From her, we're actually having a very interesting talk. She does say that. She yeah. does say that. Yep. Yeah. Greg, he's not what's called in our land. He's what's called in our land an irrelevant popper. And you don't need to listen to the popper. Greg, no, no, no <laughs> to no. <know>. What <laughs> no to no? <know. laughs> Italian, Italian, he shows no sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> your
0: that's, that's, that's Italian, Italian right? Yeah, <laughs> <No> absolutely. <laughs>
2: Greg just says things at Okay. But he continues. He fires back. Greg hits
1: right now. No to no, my friend. He's widely known. uh, I don't know how you would say this in your language. Uh, I think you would agree, uh, Roman, that you're a self-admitted sexual pervert.
2: (laughs) Which, this is one of the first moments that Greg's ever fired back to Roman's face. Roman is kind of just like silenced by this and just walks away. I think he decides,
1: I can't. Like, he's ready to really brawl here in front of her to try to show, like, who's tougher. And I actually have a job. So he just stops. He goes, "Okay, Yeah. But she does say you're an interesting family, which is funny. Remember, jokes aside, uh, he wants to hear from Greg's assistant network. I feel like this is very realistic.
2: Very, very.
1: And it's clear that they don't want to say the word slack. So they have some other name of the software that they use. But it's basically slack. It's slack. Yeah, that that the assistants use to communicate with each other about the shit that they're doing, right? And I feel like this would absolutely happen because-
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: These assistants are under NDAs, right? But I don't think in most of their minds it's going to click with them that they're breaking confidentiality by chatting chatting about about, about the pillow that sucks in their Italian hotel, when in reality they might be breaking confidentiality by that. But- I don't think they think of it that way. So it's probably more likely that information will leak out that way than through more traditional channels. This is
2: absolutely a thing. These kind of you know shared chat threads absolutely occur in these kind of industries. So you know, this is very on point that this would be an excellent source of information about what the higher-ups are doing. This is the weak link in the confidentiality chain
1: cut to kendall who's now smoking cigarettes i don't think we've seen kendall interact with tobacco since he was stealing um i think he was by he was stealing from a bodega and he was buying american spirit cigarettes in the end of season one maybe
2: um maybe in season two when he like steals the batteries and tosses them tosses and maybe them beginning the, of uh, season two trash. but either way yeah.
1: it's a long time ago and we they, they really don't show him as a, a smoker he seems to me to be like a um Uh, A person who smokes when he's feeling a certain way, as opposed to like, I I get, I get, I get cigarettes with my morning cup of coffee. It's more like I'm going to indulge when I'm feeling self-destructive.
2: This is that moment then.
1: Cuts to Roman walking up to Carrie. She just got done talking to Jerry and he asked her what they were talking about. Carrie just says, uh, nothing. I don't know. I believe
2: you. Couldn't she thought of any lie there? Any lie at all that would have been convincing to more convincing than, uh, Nothing. I, this is
1: an example of where I don't love this actress couldn't she have delivered this a little bit better yes, i know'm I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to be I mean look we're we're talking about the fucking show like so I'm yeah. sorry if it comes off as mean we we're just saying what we think and I feel like there was a chance for a little bit more comedy here um Roman, are you trying to have a baby with my dad because that's an incredibly stupid idea he says this of course when she walks away it'll be born old attached to a walker. <laughs> That's a visual right there. A little Benjamin Button coming into the world. Shiv walks up to Roman. There's a bunch of new M&A advisors in Chiancana. And I think Carl and Frank are in Europe. Shiv, are we getting fucked? Roman, Euro ring. So Roman apparently thinks that when he calls someone, he can tell if they're ringing in Europe. Is this real?
2: There could actually be like a little bit of delay or a little bit of change in tone if somebody's on a different network than they are normally. So I, I can believe you can detect the difference thing.
1: Interesting. Roman. Hey, Carl, where are you? Carl's is in the office. In the office. I'll leave you to your office job then. <laughs> Very frustrated. Shift starts panicking. Roman says they should probably uh, say that. Uh, she probably said Madsen did. Well, look, he, he did float the idea that they buy us. What did dad say? Well he said, fuck off. Shiv, but he stuck around. Roman, he stuck around. Shiv then punches Roman as yeah. she should and says, Why didn't you <laughs> tell <laughs> me this earlier? Yeah. Which he surely should have. Shiv then walks up to Kendall and says, They need to talk to him about the company. It's very important. Kendall says he's not interested. Shiv, well, this is fucking important. We need your line, to Frank, Stewie, Kendall. I wouldn't ask if this wasn't important. Uh Kendall then gets up and starts walking, but he seems like a complete zombie. So Kendall is obviously depressed. Obviously. Yeah. And in deep in it, deep, deep, deep in it. And I know many, many people watch this show and do not like Kendall for very, very, very justifiable reasons. Sure. I can't say very enough. Very. Hate me if you want. I still root for Kendall. So the entire fucking episode, I was like, wake up. Like I kept like banging my sofa. Like, when is he going to snap? And he does. But when is he going to come around? And I was just waiting for it.
2: He is carrying a load that has become too much to bear. And he has to find a way to unburden himself. And this is the moment where he finally is able to speak the unspeakable.
1: Then they actually get to a very interesting place to film. I don't know if this was planned or if this was just sort of camp. They came up with this during the day, but it was very interesting. It's, a crossroads it's
2: like a roads kind of thing.
1: It, well, it's kind of like in the back of a, an alley sort of between yeah. two buildings near a parking lot. But it's, it's on an upslope, which is really important because mm-hmm. they're able to film them looking up. Mm-hmm. Um, really great cinematography here. Roman explains to Kendall that Madsen pitched to dad, the idea of them eating us, but I think he was flying a kite. Dad kind of shut it down. Ship then calls out that Roman just said, Logan said, fuck off. And they now he's off. saying something different. Roman said, uh, I, I'm not a fuckometer. Uh, speaking of fuckometer Spencer, I think we all had one of those in elementary school, right? The fuckometer in the, in the class
2: absolutely yeah per, the, the that, hall monitor
1: situation who counted the fucks we all hated and, this w- person.
2: and would report report them to the necessary authorities yeah that guy was a douche yeah it wasn't you was it no of course not uh <laughs> me and being involved with anything resembling school management no that was absolutely not no me you were in the corner
1: work. just uh, hoping no one
2: bothered you i i <laughs> gave two shits and just wanted to be ignored i was the kid going look if
1: you fucking tell like don't yeah i was that guy kendall seems very despondent during all of this shit starts ticking through all the things that are happening um Vanistar Ven- in, in Switzerland with the, the basically the finance guy is in Switzerland yeah. with Madsen. Uh Logan's huddled with Carl and Frank. Market cap has flipped. The local town has been bought out by the new group advisors. Ah bah, 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 bah the sky is falling. They ask Kendall if he would sell. Would Logan sell? And Kendall notices the waiters taking taking out the trash. That's what he notices. He's thinking about the waiters taking out the trash. Fairly sure. He's thinking about the kid who died.
2: Absolutely.
1: Kendall says, you're going to have to do this without me. And I'm they, I'm yelling. I'm like, uh, you know what I am? I'm i uh, um, I'm like, are you hopping uh,
2: up and down at this point? Are you
1: slamming no. the table? No, I'm a, uh, I'm Apollo Creed in Rocky's corner yelling, come on Rocco, just punch back. <laughs> come on, Rocky, like do it Rocco. Like that's what this, I'm, I'm screaming this, for him to get it, get it you, together.
2: You're, you're doing Rocky three Apollo right now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm, like I'm with it, you. I'm,
1: I'm trying to get him to run in the sand with purpose. That's what I'm trying Fight. to get him to do. Be, beat Mr. T. Damn it. <laughs> Shiv. Shiv. says Laird called her. Um, oh, oh, at one point Shiv. And this is again, Shiv, maybe lay off the little pouches in the drinks. says, Ken, okay. what are you went on it? Do you have an angle in this? And it's like, come, no, come on, Shiv. no, no, no. He even like laughs at that. He one. does laugh at that. He scoffs at that. Um, she says that Laird called her. Um, he it, then puts this his...
2: This is... Remind me, Laird is our finance banker we've seen in prior seasons, right? He's the one... Laird,
1: that yes. Laird was the guy that was helping them work the deal that eventually fell through.
2: With respect to like the UAE or whatever else.
1: Yes, And that Laird got really upset because he was going to make a lot of money from it. And it it fell Mm -hmm. through. So I guess he didn't get paid as much as he would have been. But anyway, he's back. And he's also pissed now because apparently he's been as quick as he entered the uh, situation. He has then been pushed out by Logan because apparently he's now back out of discussions and he's frustrated by that. And he is now telling. Mm -hmm. So he's told Schiff.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And this confirms that they are kind of fucked unless they move now.
1: He puts, but Kendall puts his head between his legs and he looks anguished. And then Shiv kind of breaks and comes over and says, hey, buddy, you okay? Um, she squats next to him.
2: Which is very Go. similar language to when she saw, I think it's earlier season two, of when Kendall like asks for a hug and then cries on her shoulder. It's almost yeah. the exact same language from Shiv.
1: Yeah. When he says, uh, I just need you to take care of me or something like that. Yeah. And and she's she. she It's the same voice where she goes, hey, hey, buddy, you, you OK? Like, are you all yeah. right? Uh, she squats next to him. I will say that this is a powerful scene. There's a lot here that we should talk about. I will hope that you will grant me one aside. Please. Sarah Snook squats for a very long time in this scene. And her leg strength has to be off the charts. Shout out to her
2: about that that's an interesting interesting kind of thing to notice right there
1: good she's not skipping leg day shout out to sarah snook for, for that matter of fact i am so locked into this stuff that when she was doing it i i paused it and i squatted as i watched it to see how long i could go it's,
2: it's- <laughs> That is tiring to squat to the top. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive on her part. Yeah, and think about how long they filmed
1: too. for her yes. to have to be in that position. And my knees started shaking. I, I just felt like it's she's got some leg strength. So shout out to her. Anyway, back to a very serious scene that we should take Absolutely, very seriously.
2: Absolutely, yeah, back into it with you.
1: Yeah. Um, potential line of the episode and not a good way. This one from Kendall. There is something really wrong with me, Shiv. Aww. I don't know what the fuck is wrong no. with me. He goes on to say he's just not feeling very connected right now. Um, And he just can't get one thing right with the other, you know. Um, He says, I tried to do something. I really did, Roman. Here's the thing. When you're in such bad shape that Roman is talking nice to you, you, you're low.
2: But Roman does flip. I'll give Roman some credit. He does flip gears. Roman roman is remarkably supportive in this scene in the most roman way possible and i think he reads exactly kind of what ken needs in terms of what he's saying and what he's doing but each of the siblings are supportive in their own way but roman in particular i think really brings helps bring ken out of a dark place
1: he does i think roman as much as shiv and uh, shiv absolutely tries to help and she in a, in a moment is a pretty, pretty good sister, a C plus maybe or something. she she, she does put forth an effort. I think Roman is the one that really gets through to him. I really do. What? I think, I think he's the one that, that gets Kendall to finally stop and get outside of himself just a little bit.
2: Well, it's both that and Kendall finally having somebody to talk to he even says, in this is one of the most heartbreaking lines that I'm so fucking lonely or something like that. <laughs> and- yep the fact that he finally is able to unburden himself from this and people don't immediately run screaming or reject him. And they still kind of come to him and treat him like there's going to be a tomorrow that and what his brother says, are what bring this guy out. And we see kind of a Kendall again, that's been a long time submerged.
1: Roman says, I know, man, I know you fucked it. Kendall. Yeah. Fuck you. Kendall does laugh. He says that took a yeah. shot, but it's like, it didn't matter. Roman says, it's all business. We're all fucked. Everyone just sort of got mixed up, right? We just all got mixed mm-hmm. up. Kindle says, I thought I could take everyone out of it, out of the shit. I did. I did try, but I, I, I know I'm not a good person. Roman, whatever. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever. You're fine. What? Kendall goes on to say that he's bad. Roman, lighten up. Glum, glum. Kindle, I killed the kid.
2: Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Oh, did you Woo! think he would say this? No. Did you think we'd actually get this out? <laughs> no, but it, it I, I, I
1: didn't. I didn't see it coming. It but is Perfect. It, perfect perfect perfect
2: in this moment at this time at this moment of the show it's perfect
1: and i will tell you that i have been so caught up in this like kendall has this secret and this thing that happened that it never occurred to me and I, i'll just hand up admit this it never occurred to me to stop and go what did he really do so wrong
2: and this is what roman helps take him through and helps take us through too we've been so associating at the end of the, he's a killer this kid died Do you really unpack it
1: what did he do wrong and and, it as roman started talking i started going wait a second kendall he kind of didn't do that wait a second i was kind of fucked up in the game i
2: mean he kendall bears responsibility for some things that happened that night he had still criminal charges levied against him for what occurred and what he left the scene and whatever else but as a murderer as like the moral responsibility for what occurred
1: not really there is it no because he explains he says look I was high I was drunk I was looking to score and I was driving and the kid saw something this is true
2: absolutely we saw it we've talked about this
1: the kid saw something the kid snatched Grabbed the wheel. A wheel we went into the water I left him there and I ran shift goes shift says we we gotta what? get you out of we got to get you out of here Kendall starts yeah. crying and says he's lonely Roman if it please the court. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you didn't kill him. It sounds like he kind of killed him. But or, I mean, or at a minimum, the road, the water killed him. But no, seriously, you crashed. You did what? You ran. Kendall says, well, well, no. I, I mean, I tried to get him. You, you did what? <laughs> you tried to get him. He repeatedly tried to dive down and get the kid. Kendall, Adrian, I dived sure, a few sure. times.
2: Roman, this sounds like the story of a hero. <laughs> I don't think this is necessarily an unfair framing. It's it's purposely emphasizing one aspect of it to make, you know, to help out his brother, but yeah. It it's a great
1: point and it's one I I the show had me so screwed up I had not really sat and unpacked it and thought Kendall really didn't do anything wrong except the cover-up. Well, and driving he drunk. Sh-
2: he should not have been driving high, drunk, whatever else. He shouldn't have been in the situation where it could have happened.
1: But, but it looked like a private road. Like, it might have been a private road. We don't even know if it was a public road because it was a dirt road they were on. And it was near the estate. So, like, I'm not sure what he did wrong here. And and God bless Roman. He he got us all to see it. Um, <laughs> it's, I would have been out of there. I would have been out of there like a tabby cat in a bath. I believe that. Roman starts, Kendall finally starts laughing, but he says, don't man, don't basically don't make me feel better. I want to feel bad.
2: Need to carry this.
1: Kendall keeps crying saying, don't over and over again. I'm a killer. Roman. Fuck you. At worst, you're a irresponsible or about right. You're beating yourself up, which is exactly what he's doing. Kendall says he's blown it to a million pieces. Shiv says, we got to get you out of here, but I don't know where to take you. Roman potential lot of the episode Take him back to the chapel, stuff him in a con- confessional. That'll fix him.
2: <laughs> Catholic wisdom right there.
1: He's just, he's, he, it's weird, right? Because when you are when you're really, really sad and depressed, somehow, somebody, like it doesn't make a lot of sense, but sometimes you do just kind of need someone to be like, Hey, what so, the fuck's wrong with you?
2: Sometimes it really is useful to have somebody just take the air out of the situation. Yeah. It, it, if it is looking so big, someone that takes the piss out of it and takes the piss out of you just kind of helps make it a little bit more bearable in the moment, that it can be laughed at, that there is a hope at humor.
1: Shiv gets a call. Laird's calling back. Notice Laird is uh, the old guy from season one, as we talked yeah, about. Backer, uh, yeah, back Roman squats down and says, Who hasn't clipped the odd kid with a Porsche? Am I right? <laughs> He's like going into bad comedy territory. Am I right? Hey, this guy knows what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Shiv, you've killed a kid, right? Shiv. Uh, yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Shiv, great line here. You fucked my wedding in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> he did. This is true. Ken- Didn't Kendall even know how many laughs. ways. Kendall starts laughing, and he says he's yeah. sorry over and over. He does say sorry, but Roman, one waiter down. So Roman's not sense. done. <laughs> it took me forever to get a drink at that wedding. Kendall, please, man, God, don't like Kendall. It's like don't do this, Roman. I know. Okay, I know. I know. I guess I'm just trying to say. Who's the real victim here? I waited three quarters of an hour for a gin and tonic. This completely snaps. Kendall.
2: Yeah, finally, this pushes it over. It can never return to what it was.
1: I honestly think this is where he takes that first step up out of the pit right here.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's exactly. a literal step, right? Cause he does actually, he stops and cries for a little bit longer and then he gets up and he starts walking.
2: What, he's made this so much. He's made this just the unassailable thing that can never be confronted. That can never be talked about. And now that he said it to his siblings, and it's out there in the world. And the sun is still in the sky and, and they're like, brother's and they, still cracking jokes.
1: And they don't think any different of him than when yeah. he said it before. There's he There's a borrow from this. They obviously don't think any different of him. They think, wow, that was a terrible, unfortunate situation. But to call yourself a killer is absolutely off base. Like it is. Hmm.
2: I, it, It's it's a revelatory moment for him that he just never pondered that this would be how this could end. That this could be what the next step would be.
1: Shiv comes back. She's got the full scoop. Gojo buys Waystar. They pay a premium. Dad cashes out. Maybe he keeps a title. Maybe keeps a few assets, but it's Madsen's board. Roman tells Kendall it's not ideal, but we have got to talk about this right now. Kendall cries a little bit more still on the ground. Roman touches his shoulders. Shiv touches his head. We get a great shot. If you want to take a picture of it, put it on your, if you're a Succession fan, you want a poster. Peace art. Absolutely. Kendall down, crying, head between his legs, and both Roman and Shiv touching him. Guess um, try to make it feel it, better.
2: And keep track of Roman's posture here over Ken, because we're going to see the exact same posture from Ken with respect to Roman by the end of this episode. At
1: the end of the Red Wedding, we do see that. Yep. Um, so they get up to leave and Kendall says, can I just be with you guys? And they're like, yeah, that was yeah, exactly, that, that, that's exactly what we yep, wanted. We're Kendall. not You're-
2: actually putting you in a confessional, dude. You're coming with us right now.
1: Yeah. So they get a car, Shiv pitches the idea of get them going to see Logan and say, we just won't have it, basically. Kendall touches the chauffeur's arm as he gets in A the moment. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Young, young kid support staff. Wonder what he's thinking about right now.
1: Yep. Roman's hesitant to get in the car, but he does Roman. This is rumors. So I will need to talk to him directly. Just me. Shiv pushes back on this. This is the three of them in the car on the way to go see Logan.
2: Uh, I, I just, just, the question of filmmaking in the scene. I love that. It looks like Romans in that one of those backward facing car seats, the entire drive. <laughs> this makes me yeah, look more like, like a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Shiv pushes back and says, you're just Logan's little rat fucker. Roman, I'm just saying as fact that dad and I have been working closely lately and I don't want to go into aggressive. Shiv then completely shuts him down and uh, says, uh, well, hold on. No, uh, Shiv says Logan isn't protecting. Shiv says Logan is not going to protect you. No. If he lets Madsen take control, Logan is shutting the door on them, shutting them out. It means that he never thinks that we will, can, or should take over. And that is exactly, I think, a little bit what it means.
2: I I think it is very possible what it means. I think it's a very reasonable interpretation from what they've got about what it means. I also can very much understand Roman's response to that. It's basically just that, okay, but same thing I said earlier when we were talking about me joining Ken, can Dad lose? Can Dad die? Do we have any actual means of defeating him right here? Yep. And this is the moment of when your Kindle, the Kindle you love, the technical minded guy that puts data to problems, comes back to the fore with yep. a plan
1: for the people in the show who like Kindle. And if you don't like Kindle, you have all the reason in the world not to. But if you if you do kind of like him, they give you a little bit. They they didn't give us much this fucking season. I'll tell you that uh, we didn't nope. get a lot of people over here. But we got this this little moment where he perks up and he says, well, yeah, we can't stop him. And when he did this, I literally was Apollo in the corner, like uh, on on our couch.
0: I literally said to my
1: wife, I was like, there he is. He's back. He's back. And he says, any transfer of ownership requires a supermajority in the holding company. Apparently, Waystar is held through a holding company like that was Mm -hmm. established during the divorce that the kids have joint ownership
2: of. And it is a term of the divorce agreement that the kids have this degree of interest and have this degree of control. And that's an important detail for us to remember later about who this contract and agreement is between. The kids are beneficiaries; they are not parties to this agreement. Let's keep track of that detail.
1: Yes. So the mother uh, established in the last episode at the the bachelorette party gone awry, yeah. in conversations with Shiv, that part of reason she agreed to all the things that she agreed to is so that, that the kids that could future keep protected. They could keep control, part control of the company. So this is apparently part of that deal, right? This, this holding company, Kendall, uh, says, look, this, this is something mom got in the divorce. He needs us on board in order to get a super majority of the ownership of the company to agree to the transfer of sale. Mm-hmm. Roman says, maybe he doesn't want to buck the system, but maybe he wants to, s- maybe I want to stick with what I have and Shiv, which is what a hard drive full of dick pics Roman. Okay. All right. Look, I just think, uh, I think with dad pulling the strings Schiff cuts him off what do you think he where do you think you fit in on madson's new org chart Kendall agrees with this that they'll be roman off him <laughs> yeah weird,
2: Schiff, baseball with the family did
1: potential line of the episode and this, i was stuttering earlier because i was really excited to get to this part but i didn't want to say it too fast here is the potential out of the episode. Rome Please. you know dad is never going to choose you Because he thinks there is something wrong with you I'm sorry but maybe it's time We said these things to each other instead of taking It all out onto Vanity Fair
2: mm-hmm. It's a very effective moment right there It's one of the things that brings Roman around is that He's still holding out a hope that his dad actually Has succession plans for him And this is his siblings pointing out That how much do you think What, do you, what odds do you give yourself That he actually is going to give you anything When it comes to this
1: Yep. Roman reaffirms the holding company move is real. And Kendall agrees that it is. Shiv then starts working on the messaging. Logan's lost it. He's loopy. He's fucking a 30-year-old and planning for babies in jars. Shiv's got all the. She's doing her politics thing. She's like, how can we frame this? Get the message out. Shiv then Mm -hmm. works through the Norg chart. Ken, chair. You, me, Rome, CEO. The other one takes whatever they want. Equal, right? Equal. Rome says, but if we really do this, it better be equal. I don't want you to cunts trying to big brother me out of my peace. My peace. Notice that language.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: This is the type of shit that drives Logan crazy. Shiv says they'll fight it out. It'll be fun. Kendall laughs. That will be fun. Rome looks pretty uncomfortable. Can we take Mussolini away to a van in the hot with a van to a hospital and take over the radio stations?
2: What? You think What thoughts do you think are going through Roman's head during this conversation? It seems like Kendall and Shiv are jazzed. This is energizing for them. that They're finally making a move. They're finally making a decision. They're finally going to try to take down their dad. Roman, even when he agrees, seems like he's uncomfortable in his own skin.
1: I think that Shiv and Kendall both independently have thought that they're smart enough to lead the company. That yeah. they're smarter than Logan. At times, each one of them have thought they're smarter than Logan. I don't think there's ever been a moment of Roman's life where he thought he was smarter than Logan. And that's why I think he's hesitant.
2: Roman still very much sees his dad the same way we all saw our dads at, like, age five, six, like they're fucking Superman. And
1: or, or, like, how Tom sees fucking Logan.
2: That, too, as well. Yeah, sure. That they're invincible. How about that kind of description? Yep. And I don't think he's ever seen any evidence to kind of counter that statement. And I think... As much as he goes along with this, I don't know what his confidence of success is.
1: Rome says that even though he hates them both, wants to kill them daily, and it's all going to end badly, it will. I do not think that we... Ugh, Ah. whatever. I think we make a good team. Shiv then says, How do you feel about killing dead? Mixed feelings. Kendall, pass me the fucking shotgun.
2: <laughs> Kendall's ready. Your you Kendall's know. back. Connor Shiv. would be so unhappy.
1: Yeah, Shiv. Rome, you in. Roman. Okay. okay. Fuck, okay. Yeah, to your point, he's very, very uncomfortable here with agreeing to it. Cut to them working the phones, Spencer. They're calling too many people.
2: Wait, they, they this depends on a certain measure of secrecy, and they're informing the whole fucking what world of what they're doing. What is
1: fucking wrong with them? Why? They, here's the here's what you, here's the calculation. You say okay to do this move. We need a majority of the ownership of the holding company to say no. Do we have that in this fucking car? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then, then we let's go it. to our dad. We seal it. No one else knows. They did yes. not need to call anybody else, but they do. They layer in yeah. Connor. Maybe
2: they needed Connor. Maybe Connor's polite, whatever else. Connor's not going to sell them out.
1: But I can't imagine that Caroline worked very hard to get Connor shares of anything. Right. So I don't nope. know that Connor he, has- he's involved in any of this. That's Roman doing that. Roman does call him slow during the conversation. Kendall seems to be checking in with a lawyer on the holding company information. Fair that thing That is to not check. a bad idea. Not that a bad a idea at all. Shiv is talking sprint. to...
2: Tom. Tom. Will, they regr- Will she regret this one later? Oh,
1: man. Last episode we were talking and I said, you know, I, re- I really think they're still setting up for the Tom heel turn. And you all but
2: called me an ignoramus. You how said, many times have they disappointed you? you how many Brown times?
1: I don't want to hear this shit anymore. Oh, we've talked about this. It's so funny that you, we've talked about it so many times that you had, you didn't do that rant until the episode before he actually does it. It's so funny this, to me.
2: How often does this happen? Of where i am In some <laughs> ways, I'm the ideal fan for what the writers want of their emotional response of where they brought me low just so they could finally just slap me across the face and go where they want to go.
1: I've mentioned Tom heel turning so many times and you've always gone along with it until the very last episode when you basically said, shut up with that shit. And this is when he does it. It's so funny. She explains they have a secret weapon. They could kill Logan. It's from the divorce. So stop that. They can stop that. And the deal collapses. And then he's impotent. Then we're going to force him out. Then we're going to do this. And then we're going to do that. Then we're going to be president. And then when I'm the president of this school, we're going to have free snacks and then and, 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 uh, uh, ice cream, uh, yeah, for ice everybody, cream, everybody. And then we're going to have. Uh, uh, that's what it sounds like to me.
2: It's um, very much,
1: yeah. It's uh, it, that's what it sounds like. It sounds um, pie in the sky at best. Tom right. then says, "What about me?" And Shiv goes, "Oh, I, I don't before. know. I don't know." High up, we'll figure it out. When she still hasn't fucking learned that, we, before you go to Tom, he's going. He asks the question every time. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm.
2: What is in, in it for me? It's Why doesn't not she have a prepared question.
1: line? It doesn't have, she doesn't have to be thinking of him, number one. But what she does have to do is at least have an answer to the question before she goes to him. And she doesn't even
2: have that. And she could just even reassure him that, Tom, you'll be right by my side at every step of this way. It means nothing other than just emotional support and Tom would still be in it for this.
1: But he says, "Uh, okay, but high up. And shift, once we do it, give him a medical card, secure the Imperial Guard, tell him that he needs to take some rest and source us to the kids. We'll get ATM to us. Uh,
2: She's confident all brass on this, that Tom is in her camp and he's going to use ATM to back their every move.
1: Say say something like founder Logan Roy is ailing, Tom, and we can cite you as sources, Tim. or Shiv says, yeah, yeah, get ready, okay? Tom, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Kendall ask if Tom, Tom is makes, in and she's confidently
2: says, yes, he's in. And Hey, Tom sticks to his word to Shiv. He quotes them later. Just not to the, not to the people they thought he was going to. I thought he was in this, this
1: actually got me. I didn't see this and, coming. I really didn't.
2: I wasn't sure. And the next scene, they making the next conversation with Greg, did you have, were you still having doubts at that point?
1: No, no, the the next scene. But at this point, if you pause it, I thought Tom was in. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Cut to Greg going up to Tom. Hey, Tommy, say hello to someone who could be Logan's ex-wife, step-cousin-in-law, and heir apparent to the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. Twelve times removed for some shit. Potential count somewhere and legitimate claimant to the
2: dormant throne of Italy. Confidence of this guy. Just Jesus, he's full douche this episode. It's in just... comes Greg, King the first of the Seven of his name.
1: Kingdoms, <laughs> yes. Rainer of Fire,
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, of the North, un- the Unburnt, the Grand Duchy. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he is reciting that in his mind right now. He's already picking his small council.
1: You notice that when he says all this, Tom just looks at him and goes, "What, Greg?" Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Greg, me and the contessa. Primer. We're hitting it off. Craig says he's helping her through a crisis with her personal branding. Uh what? And mm. I'm right there to wheedle away. Yeah. I think that's a very self, self uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the lines of where I'm line. just
2: like, oh God, this guy's making a other heel other fa- heel turn. Wheedle away. Tom asks
1: about Comfrey. Greg says Comfrey might be helping her refresh her personal brand. And oh by the way, she didn't really like me that much anyway. We're separate betting. It's a guilt-free switch up. Case closed. Slam it shut.
2: The verdict is in, your honor. It's love. Yeah, this isn't going to work, dude. I know you're confident it's going to work. No, this is going to blow up at some point. I see it. It's I can feel it. absolutely
1: going to work. Absolutely going to work.
2: Yeah. Um, Tom then gets Greg to sit down. He says
1: things are in motion. No one is going to jail, but do you to co- do you want to come with me, Sporus?"
2: It's back. It's back. We can never what leave Sporus behind. What a line, Greg. And, and, he, a, me, and he, if you could say a line like that with utter love and caring and support for a friend, that is the tone that Tom is offering to this.
1: He means it. Oh, he absolutely, absolutely. means it. Do you want to come with me, sports Greg, can I ask for a little more information? Tom,
2: no. I don't think. can't. This is not a... Because Tom is playing this close to the vest. Tom knows how to play this shit. Tom says,
1: I need you as my attack dog. a Greg Weiler! Mm-hmm. Tom can turn a phrase, no, boy, can't he? Not, my not God.
2: Quite, not, not quite the Ooh. hound dog you were framing him earlier, but Greg Weiler. Sure, Good
1: it works. God, he is fast. Greg Weiler. Greg fumbles. I have bright, bright star buffalo in my hip pocket. I'm kind of a big deal. Tom, I think here, disabuses him of that notion by saying, hey, look,
2: <laughs> Cuts to a me.
1: lot of people think of you as a joke, basically is what he's trying to say. You mm-hmm. fucked it in front of Congress. And I think Tom realizes I'm going down the path of a... a insulting him here. And I need to pull it back up into
2: what his attention what he says. Yeah.
1: Potential line of the episode, potential line of the season. Mm -hmm. Who has ever looked after you in this fucking family? Huh? That
2: that is a hundred percent true. And shout out to
1: the internet for calling out that the first interaction in season one between Tom and Greg, Tom greets Greg. And as Greg walks away, says, Hey, um, you know, come come back when you have a chance. I'll look after you.
2: And as toxic and twisted and broken as their relationship has been, there's been an undercurrent of truth that of that throughout the whole damn show. And this is the moment where it's really, truly coming to fruition, it seems. Yeah, he then switches
1: to asking, in terms of where I could be getting to if I were to come with Tom, you could be headed away from the endless middle. And toward the bottom
2: of the top, hey Greg is receptive to this shit right there. Bottom
1: of the top, oh, yeah, bottom yeah. of the top. I mean, it, it's so honest. Yeah, he says, Could I get my own? You want your own, Greg? You could have 20. Tom, listen, I have things to do. Do you want to deal with the devil, Greg? Uh, the, the obligatory succession, uh, uh, um. Uh, uh. What am I going to do with a soul anyway? Souls are boring. Boo, souls. Of course, they shake hands and hug. Triumphant music plays. They take I, off.
2: I love that Tom's almost in tears as he's doing these last few lines of this. He's clearly really emotional about this kind of I mean, The fact that he's making the decision, period, but the fact he's also got a friend who's making it with him.
1: Cut to the kids arriving. They are talking to each other, trying to work up the nerve for what they are about to do. Roman oh, mentioned some obscure time when Kendall and Shiv got him in trouble. Such inside baseball Bobby. sibling stuff. Yeah. They yeah. walk in and as they do, everyone turns and looks at them. It's very clear that everyone there knows that they are not in. That they are not in on this. Yep. Because Roman walks up to somebody and says, hey, can I have that? Or like it's just no. a, a manila folder or something. And he just goes, no. <laughs> some random lawyer just goes, no, you can't.
2: Yeah. <laughs> The standing orders are: these three cannot know shit about shit.
1: Uh, Kendall notices a different room, so they walk up to it. Logan's security guard is there.
2: Colin, I thought,
1: hey. I thought Colin and Kendall were about to have a situation. I thought it was about to be physical.
2: If Logan hadn't said they can come in, yeah, Colin would have taken Kendall out right then and there.
1: Yeah, but it looked like Kendall was going to make a run at it, so it was going to be it was going to yeah. be interesting. I think Colin was going to have to do it. Uh Logan Bellows, send them in.
2: Spencer, and send it them in. Begins.
1: Send them in. How did he know they were there?
2: They don't ask that question, sir. They don't ask that question.
1: He says they're stand they literally just noticed the room. They turned yeah. around and he says, send them in. Interesting. Just yeah, that, that just
2: poor writing, man. That, 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 that's all that is.
1: When they walk in, Carl, Frank, and Jerry are in the room and they are mm, not super responsive. To yep, the
2: they're they very much heads down at laptops. I don't want to be involved in this moment right now.
1: Roman says they are feeling out of the loop. Logan tells him, Oh, yeah, yeah, call me. Call me, call me, call me, call me. Roman and Shiv say they are hearing about Gojo. Logan, do you mind not with him in here giving me the fucking doggy evils? Can you take him out, Romulus? No. Basically, Roman tells him, no, Kendall can hear this. Kendall, you can tell us together, dad. Logan turns to Roman. I thought we had this figured out, Roman. I thought it would be better if we all hear Logan breathes deeply and says, okay, I'm not going to fight this battle anymore. Then he explains it. He says they're a declining business. It's the optimal time for them to cash out, basically. He says, okay, I would say this on behalf of all of us. Ease up. Let us in. Let us see how we're all impacted. Logan says, no, it's got to be now. Why? Because I can feel it in my bones. And that's all shift. I fucking got.
2: Yeah. Shift tries to mock that, but no, this is what they pay the Logan. The big bucks for is that his ability to pick when these moments are and move quickly on them. That's what the shareholders value about Logan.
1: He says, that's all I fucking got. Um, Logan then said, or shift then says, you know, that's bullshit. Logan says, look, it's the best moment to sell. And if I'm not doing the best deal at any given point, what's the fucking point? What am mm-hmm. I doing? Says if he doesn't get out, he may leave about five bill on the table. Kendall ask "How he's going? What are you, you going to do with all those yeah, billions? What, what are you going to do? Point of
2: the money? What are you going to throw reason- it on the pile?"
1: Logan, yeah, probably. Kendall, and what are we supposed to do? Logan, potential line of the episode, potential line of the season. Make your own fucking pile.
2: Nah, that's not a scenario they've ever pondered before in their lives, well- sir. No, no, they they can't imagine even what to be the process of that
1: make your own fucking pile and there it is and, and that's what and this is all
2: th- about by the way this is what this is all about and it's one of those things too they're shareholders they're not they're not going to get screwed in this they're going to make money too but just the idea of making money and have to using it for some independent purpose without some connection to the ATN's existing network and structure and power or Waystar it's an anathema to them they they can never just imagine just giving money and they'll do something with it
1: I also think at this point, there's a little bit of pride of them feeling like they do own part of the company.
2: Yeah, this there's a part is of that ours. too. This is yeah. our future. This is our destiny. You're exactly. Um, from I it.
1: think the cynical view is that they, they, they've never, they, they want some company that hands everything to them. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. But I think yeah. there's another side of this, which is they legitimately own a fuck ton of this company. And they're like, what are you doing? You're selling the company that I own. Um, Logan says, look, it's an adjustment, but things are moving fast. And this is an opportunity to create assurances mm. for me, for you, for the kids. Shiv says, no. Once Madsen controls the board, they are fucked. Logan, no, he writes you. This is an opportunity for you kids to get an education in real life. To your point, this is where Logan's mm. head's at. Logan, with you at the top, we can take over. But without you, we're fucked. This is what Shiv tells him. Logan says, mm. uh, he and Roman should go. Let's get away from these fucking Jacobins.
2: I've got you. Come on. Let's discuss. And Roman. And Roman. And this is the moment. This is where Roman's life could have gone very differently if he'd just gone a different direction with this. Yep. But he would have he probably been okay. He probably would but have been he... okay. I, I actually believe, Matson that he would not off Roman or Roman off him too quickly. I think it would look bad. It would be, he doesn't want to hurt Logan in that regard. I think Roman um,
1: might know that eventually Madsen will get rid of him, though, because he doesn't—he isn't really capable, like really.
2: That's not long term, but it would be a while. I can't picture it happening overnight. I don't, but eventually, I, he, I mean, you know,
1: eventually people would recognize he doesn't have any real skills
2: or abilities. He's got some. We've been impressed. Not, yeah.
1: not, to be at that level. Not even. Not
2: to, and not to the approval of Madsen, Sure.
1: Roman with Madsen calling the shots were strung up in the town square. Logan. No, he writes you. You have my word. This is an opportunity, son, a bit of adversity grit. You can trust me. Shiv. You can't trust him. And when this is happening, Kendall's just standing there, hands on hips, shaking his head.
2: Nope. Nope. I, we him. have been
1: Roman. This is your nope. first time being here, son, but we've been here before. I've been here many, many times. You cannot trust. him. Roman then says that they are, uh, there to ask him not to do this. Logan, what if I decide I can't listen to you? Then they go on to explain that this is cards on the table time, Spencer. And at this point, yep. at this point, I'm still the fucking idiot. I'm still the Patsy. I'm still the Rube who thought that Logan could go down. I really did. If you would deposit it right here, I know you wouldn't have. I know you have
2: ultimate faith in the emperor, but I, I was sure they <laughs> had, I
1: but was th- sure. Th-
2: This is, you've you've played poker at a casino before. You've done it very well. This is you with four aces in your hand, convinced that there's no way, no way, no way, the dealer or anybody else can beat your hand right now.
1: No, this is more than that. This is, I thought Darth Vader had just thrown the Emperor down the chute. I thought it was, I thought it was over. I thought they had him. I thought this was the time. You're you're already, you're already seeing Ewoks dance. You're always (laughs) seeing... Eventually the villain goes down eventually. And I thought this
2: was our return of the Jedi moment. Nope. Nope. We're still in empire strikes back. <laughs> Cause immediately did all of their hopes and dreams collapse before them.
1: They say they'll kill it. They'll kill it. Logan. This is probably when you were, d- d- tell me when you, what, what were you thinking at this point? Let me, let me ask you that question. Did you think Logan had this under control?
2: Yeah, I very much did. I, the whole I, was, time? Conv- I, I was convinced the moment they arrived on scene that they were fucked. Didn't know exactly how it would play out, but I had no doubt at all that Logan was going to win this.
1: So you did not need the door to be shut, C- Catelyn Stark, to pull up Roose Bolton's shirt to see the, the armor. You knew before Rob Stark walked into the hall that it, that it was all going down.
2: The, the Reigns of Castamere didn't even need to start playing. The moment they showed up for the wedding, they were fucked.
1: But you want to know what Succession's version of the Reigns of Castamere is? It's Logan bellowing, you're playing toy fucking soldiers. Go on, fuck off. I have you beat, you fucking morons. Yep. That's when I knew. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. And that's when Shiv knew, because she goes, no,
2: no, we have a super majority. He goes, hey, super majority. It's a little mocking mocking of her right there, which is like, oh, dear God, look at the acting.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, I knew this play before you walked in here, and I knew they were fucked. They were dead. And then- he says, Carrie, is she still on? And I was like, Oh my God in heaven. Logan's the got fact, it under control.
2: The fact that Logan makes the mother deliver the message is just lovely. It's just lovely. It's just like, let me be clear who's really fucking you here.
1: Yep. He gets Caroline on the phone and Caroline says, I don't necessarily want to do any more tonight. Logan says, your mother and I have been reviewing the terms of the divorce agreement, and we agreed that the arrangements were a little antiquated. Kendall, of co- I love that they give Kendall, the, they give him this. He picks it up first and says, Mom, you fucked us. Yeah, then Roman and Shiv start random. to figure it out. Caroline, I think everything will be fine. What?
2: What? Well, I mean, in terms of them getting money, they're going to get money out of this deal, but not what they want.
1: She says her lawyer is dealing with it. Shiv, Mom, you just slit our throats. Caroline, please don't be angry. I, I think this is for the best. Peter's so excited. So there you go. I mean, they he bought out the breadcrumbs works. in this show. The motivations, yeah. it all works. It all squares. None of this is just snap your fingers. They built up to it. Mm-hmm. Caroline, Peter had something he wanted from Logan. He wanted Logan to work his UK contacts to get him some sort of spot, the UK government, some sort of like diplomatic position or something. And Logan called Caroline and agreed to do it. If Caroline would renegotiate the holding company and the divorce agreement, bang,
2: there it is. As Logan said a few episodes back, life is a number on a page. It's not knights on horseback or anything else. It's just what price do you pay to get to the next step?
1: Caroline does say something very interesting here toward the end of this, though. She says, I don't know if this has been good for you, all this. And
2: trails off. What do you think she was referencing there? I think she wants to kind of... The, the suggestion there is that she kind of actually wants them to be bought out and out of this business. Just take the money and do something else. Just you engaging in this war of succession has not been good for you as people.
1: That's what I was thinking. She, I think she was saying you guys trying to be the next Logan working in the company. I don't think any of this has been good for you
2: all. And I think she's fucking right. She's the mother's never been wrong. She's just is so self interested and gives two shits. When she actually speaks, she's usually correct. She's the female Stewie. Sure. Yes. That. Well said. Not as Both of those characters
1: never fucking lie. They they always tell the truth. Uh, Logan says, thank you, Caroline, and hangs up. Logan looks at them. Roman, dad, please. Please? The seat sniffer gets a leg up. That's the deal. What have you got in your hand? Roman, what have I got? I don't know. Fucking love. Great line. Potential line of the episode. Love! You come at me with love? You the bust dis- in here? Guns in hand and now you find they've turned to fucking sausages. You talk about love? You should have trusted me.
2: The disdain in his voice when saying, you say, come at me with love? It's just beautiful. He,
1: he did- used that as such fucking weakness. It's like, yes. like a guy begging at his feet. Is what loves, and,
2: and this is consistent. The Logan that he views anything other than cold, hard determination or a gun in hand as weakness, and they're coming in with this amorphous concept that has no value to me. Fuck off,
1: Dad. Why, Logan? Why? Because it works. I fucking win. Go on, go on. Fuck off, you nosy fucking pedestrians ah, ooh,
2: oh. I've never I've never heard pedestrian use as a more cutting insult than right there right then oh my
1: god that was yeah. that was Rob was with the arrows in him and this was Lannister sends their regards and he falls yes. down you nosy fucking pedestrians like what and what a thing to call your children unbelievable it, it, Shiv I do like to give her credit
2: yeah. Oh, no, go ahead.
1: You, no, 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 get your point. Go. Ahead.
2: Question before we leave. When Logan says, you should have trust me. Shiv and uh, Kendall were very much focusing on, no, he gives no shits. He'll betray us. He'll leave us behind. Do you believe, Logan, that he actually thinks this deal would be good for them or that he actually intends to help protect them as part of this?
1: I think that he literally believed that Matson would have raided them meaning he would have given them a spot in an the organization commiserate with their skills and abilities. He would have rated them and he would have given them something. They would have had a job, a probably pretty high up job, not as high as they think though. Yeah, And that's the disconnect is that, yes, I think Logan thinks I would have taken care of you. You would have gotten something that's like probably way more than you deserve, but the kids have such an inflated sense of what they deserve. that Once it probably it's the would company, have been lower it's than nothing. what they thought. Now, I don't think he negotiated shit for Kendall. I don't. I think Kendall's a different no, story. Uh, I don't think he. Had, I think Kendall was out completely.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah. Sh- Shiv Roman, particularly Roman, I think he viewed this as a very net positive for them. He's always wanted them to have the adversity. He's always wanted them to fight for it, to have to fight for it. I think he saw this as be great for them that they would eventually merit being in the position that they've long craved. But they, as you said, do not see this scenario in all that way. No, not at all.
1: Uh, Shiv then piece starts to piece it together. Who told him? Who told him we were coming? Rome walks over to Jerry. He's not well. Can you help us? Right. You can help us. Please. You can help us. Please, please, please. He's
2: on his knees. He's crawling at her at this point.
1: She says it doesn't serve my interest. How does it serve my interest?
2: Yeah, that she's here for the shareholders right now. And moreover, Herself. anything I did for you right now would fuck me over. So serve my interest? I, yeah. Why did you do this, Roman? I told you. I told you. Why are you making me hurt you? She told him,
1: always think. She so The lesson she was giving him earlier in the season, no. always think. How does it serve my interest? How does it serve my interest?
2: No, no. And if they had actually had this plan in motion for, you know, since the beginning, like back in Kendall's fucking apartment a few episodes back, or Brava's par- fucking apartment... This maybe could have worked. They could have maybe actually made this team work. Because it seems like when they're together, they actually are pretty effective just as a, like working off each other. But instead, they wait till the 11th hour and just go in guns blazing without a thought in their heads.
1: Tom walks up and Logan greets him with a smile and a slap Tom. on the shoulder as the long lost son, the son he never had. Tom, it's so good to see you,
2: Tom. This, this framing was so godfather, I almost expected Tom to just close the door on them. Yeah. Like the end of the original godfather. And sh- the, sh- the look that Shiv shoots Tom, the dagger. She realizes. She knows. <laughs> Tell Cersei it was me. I want her to know. Kind of the moment right there. She just daggers
1: into him. Tom, what's going on? Shiv, mom fucked us. She just through gritted teeth. She walks away. Shiv almost crying here. Tom touches her shoulder, kisses her head, and Shiv's the look on her face. I you can't describe it. It is just pure abject,
2: boiling hatred.
1: And, and cut milk. to black. End of season.
2: Woo! Well, where where do they go from here? What I'll is their relationship? What where? No, no. <laughs> Shiv and Tom. What is their relationship after this? Divorce. You just can't. Can, so the questions are, is, are they divorced or is Kendall right that she actually respects you more? Which I have no thoughts at all that that no, could actually be the case. No,
1: that look on her face? No, I think what'll happen is we'll start the season not too long after the end of this one. And Logan will be moving forward with the sale. And Shiv will find a way to fuck Tom extremely hard before she divorces him. But I think this is over between these. I mean, this
2: look on her face. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't even... I don't even know why Tom's putting on pretenses because he has, he has to know that she knows. If anything, it seems like he's rubbing it in her face that she knows that what he did. So I, I think if they, making...
1: if they were to continue the shot, I think it as they walk out, I bet Shiv says something like, don't fucking talk to me or don't come back to the room. Or They're going to have a problem. And I think that... I think it's going. I think Shiv now has the sort of like, like she has got the fucking radar on Tom. So look out, Tom. Mhm. Woo! What a season, been, Spencer.
2: Man, it's it's been a surprisingly great season. It's been with moments of wonderful episodes and with one hell of a capstone. Which I'm amazed how much this show can still leave me guessing. Like people say, oh, people are just watching the show looking for a new Game of Thrones, and it's not Game of Thrones. But man, does this show just catch me off guard at times about what the next step is going to be and what the direction of the overall show is going to be.
1: No, they don't kill their characters. They've proved that at the end of this season. They don't kill their characters. But We've had a couple. they do absolutely leave you guessing. And it is that this was a wildly fulfilling episode, along with making me panicked about when they were going to start filming for season four. I have bad news for all of you. I'm very, very sorry. They're not going to start filming until June. So hey, we're going to be probably 2023 before we get this season four. It, sorry. I, sorry to be the bearer I, of bad news.
2: Do you think it'll be as long as it was for last time? I can't, I, Prob- I can't imagine it's gonna be as long as a break as last time.
1: It'll, we'll, it'll, we'll probably get something like March of 2023 or maybe like it, November, but so I mean, it's it, going to be a long time.
2: It, so year and a half, <laughs> two years. It's man. Those Kindle's kids are gonna be giant.
1: Yeah, hopefully they don't go back to Iverson. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It
1: it was fulfilling, but also had me excited for the new season. And that's a hard, tight rope to walk. So shout out to the show for a wonderful finale. I am very, very pleased with it. I'm very, very pleased with the season, even those little uneven parts. I think it's time, Spencer, we start to do our end of season awards. Let's start with end of episode awards. Let's do line of the episode. I see you're getting your notes out, so I will start with one. I think I'm going to start. I don't have many because I feel like the ones that are really good are, are stand out here. Um, Tom, eighth in line. Greg, you marry her. You're a plane crash away from being Europe's weirdest king. Tom, Greg, don't be silly. Tom, dude, you off a couple of hemophiliacs and you'll be the
2: king of Luxembourg. <laughs> you sound like a fancy cookie. That was such I a wonderful exchange. Pure comedy uh earlier line from logan let's go see hans christian and and, her and see if he's been telling us fucking fairy tales
1: oh god very good i'm gonna just give one of these because there's a lot of them this episode um no imagine how romantic would be if you could marry mommy on her wedding day or tell them the reason they can't get married <laughs> because she's the only one who makes her son's pee pee go boom boom i'm gonna she'd do one of the shiv lines just,
2: just uh, <laughs> This, this isn't a great line, but it's a meaningful line. I am the eldest son.
1: Yeah, uh, Roman. Okay, well, we need a plan to kill this baby.
2: <laughs> That's a funny line. Uh, earlier one from Tom and Greg. Get in there, Greg. If you mar- if Roman marries her, he'll invade France.
1: Uh, different different tone here. Uh, change things up. There is something really wrong with me, Shiv. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me.
2: Yeah, I mean, just do that entire conversation. I mean, the fact that it's it's a wonderful almost verging on monologue from Jeremy Strong here but the notable one there that just left me rocked in my chair i killed a kid
1: yep i had that one too uh how about this one it means that he thinks that we will can that we ne- he it means that he never thinks we will can or should take over
2: yeah that's a meaningful one right there one of the oddly one of the most weirdly weirdly heartwarming lines of the entire series no i'm so do you want to come with me? Sporus?
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Ken, we take Mussolini, Mussolini away in a van to the hospital and take over the radio stations? It's pretty funny. You know, he he even through his
2: depression could be he could very I, very I, verbose. I love they're going straight dictator with it too. So says, like, "No, no, no, no. This is the a communist Potterson shooting Mussolini behind a behind a wall. That's what we're doing right now." Well, we
1: started that right because the very first episode, Shiv got a call from Logan and a, a picture of Saddam Hussein flashed on her phone.
2: Very true. Um, another one, Tom and Greg. Uh, do you want to deal with the devil? And Greg, well, what am I going to do with a soul anyway? Souls are boring. Boo souls. I feel like, it's like the, that's the mantra of all the characters in this show.
1: Right before that, Tom, who has ever looked after you in this fucking family, huh?
2: Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, and last one from me is just pretty much Logan's entire rant to his children that it begins with the, the seat sniffer gets a fucking leg up and ends with, uh, go on, fuck off, you nosy fucking pedestrians. God, is it a great little rant by by Brian Cox there. All
1: of that is very good. I'm going to do two awards tonight, Spencer. Ooh. Uh, the first is... uh. Line of the episode. The second will be line of succession season three. I have a line of the season.
2: I'm excited. What do we got here?
1: Line of the episode.
2: Line of succession for this episode is
1: Kendall. There is something really wrong with me, Shiv. I don't know what
2: the fuck is wrong with me. Brilliantly delivered and starts off just such a wonderful moment of this episode. And here it is. America's been waiting for it,
1: Spencer. Everybody's in rapt attention. At the edge of their seats, what could possibly be the line of the entire
2: season? It is. Make your own fucking pile. Oh, God, is that a great line? That is such a wonderful line.
1: All right. I think it's great time to hand out right some there. awards for Roy
2: of the episode, Roy of the season. Let's do Roy of the episode. Let's start at the bottom. Who are you going to pick there? Who, who ends up worse? Off? It's got to be Roman, right? There's only two. There's only two levels to this.
1: There's all the losers and the winner.
2: <laughs> I, I think Tom merits an honorary Roy this episode, man. I think he, if he if
1: yeah. Tom, Tom then gets honorable mention, but like, it's basically all of the all of the kids Damn. lost. Connor a yep. little bit above the rest,
2: and then the big winner is Logan. That's it. Okay. If if we're gonna Rank them out. I think Roman's the lowest because that man ends up on the floor in tears, betrayed by the woman he feels like he loves and his dad by the time this episode is over, having committed everything to a foolhardy plan that went nowhere. So, Roman, blah. then Shiv. Shiv, half a step over there, betrayed by the man she thought she thought thought loved her, <coughs> thought that uh, she had under
1: control. And yeah. then Kendall, Kendall. I mean, Kendall got beat by his dad, but he that's a Tuesday for him. He gets beat by his dad all the time. This is not particularly devastating to
2: him. I I feel like Shiv and Roman are at the utter bottom. And then Kendall is high enough above them that he still failed, but it's just almost in a completely different league compared to them. Because sure. he failed, but he got he found himself again this episode. He did.
1: And this losing to Logan thing is not a big deal to him. Happens all the it's time. A t- it's fine. Say, it's I, look, a It's a Look, Wait, wait till the third episode of the next season. I'll lose to him again. Um, Connor. Then we have the winner-winner.
2: Well, no, Connor, Connor above Connor, yeah, just because dude, endless enthusiasm and optimism there, and then it's got to be far and away Eiffel Tower high winner Logan. Well, yeah, Greg, Tom, and then Logan's looking at us from the heavens, kind of moment right here. Yeah, uh, Logan's so high above
1: everybody else, not even coast. All right, Roy of the season.
2: Doesn't it kind of have to be? And how much he wins by the end of this and defeats all of their efforts and has been the manipulator behind everything throughout all of this, doesn't it kind of have to be R- Logan? It's hundred percent the...
1: Logan. And I will say this: Logan won by def- by basically dealing with this DOJ thing, dealing with it, brushing it away.
2: Logan won by surviving. Is he always has? He just beating Kendall the
1: Storm, yeah, beating, beating Kendall with submission. Uh, uh, and then and then, ultimately getting the deal that he wants and being able to choose his own destiny. He's been able yeah. to choose the yeah. deal that he wants. His own exit on
2: his own terms.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It, so he's the big winner. Now, I will say that if I have one complaint of this season, this was a phenomenal season, but if I have one complaint, other than the fact it was uneven in parts, which, which is we've thoroughly we documented about, yeah. on this podcast, it is that, you know, like I'm a big fan of wrestling. And yeah, I mean, it's come up, yes. Yeah, right now, Roman Reigns is the universal champion of the WWE. He's been the universal champion for something like 470 days or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a lot of matches. And a lot of times where we thought Roman Reigns was going to lose. And guess what? Something happened. The referee fell down. Something. Bah, 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 bah. The guy slipped on some marbles, hit his head, bang, whatever. Roman Reigns always wins. If I have a complaint with the show, it's that Logan always winning while it's not yet. Is going to get predictable in a way that Roman reigns continuing to beat people week after week after week is starting to get predictable and boring. They have got to figure out a way to give him a loss while still keeping the, 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 the um, the, how, how, how big of a character he is about making
2: him small in Madison's in Madison's words. I will put this, we should put this in a certain measure of perspective though. Part of the way we're defining Logan as winning is because Logan keeps changing the rules about what the game is. Is that everybody at the start of the season viewed Logan winning as, you know, becoming the dominant media empire in the world. Now we're saying Logan won because he sold out his company and is no longer in charge of it. No, That's no, completely I... not the scenario that we were pond- that anybody was pondering before basically this episode of what a Logan win would be.
1: No, my, my definition is, is one V ones. Like I'm talking about when, when, when when he is in a battle with another character for anything, it doesn't matter what it is. He always fucking wins. Like, and Tom, Tom even called it out. It was like, he never gets fucked that that that's fine i'm not saying that that's a problem for this season i'm saying that if you do two to three more seasons of this logan every single time somebody bucks him, getting beaten and eventually it becomes a snooze fest which is what friday night smackdown has become with roman reigns so that's what i'm
2: saying at present dude logan's got hands and there's only so much they can do about that yeah he's a fuck what a season though i'm unbelievable i
1: think it is time for my three favorite minutes of the week spencer's relationship advice of the episode spencer what do you have for us this week
2: Uh, just a few recommendations it was a few we've discussed a lot of now last week
1: now last week you told us how to how to very in a very healthy way do role play with our sexual partner i just want to point out that you did that so if you didn't check that out please go to last episode and listen to it because it's the best thing we've ever done on mangum talks ever it's the best thing that's ever
2: happened this did come up yes Uh, going off that when not role playing with your partner family game night a great idea Strongly recommend that you find a way Agreed. to play Monopoly. Strongly find yes. a way to play Monopoly with your family or friends or any other kind of board game kind of thing. It could be a board game, it could be something like you know Werewolf. But find a way to do regular games with friends or family. It is so inducive to a healthy, fun relationship, and it sets a regular pattern you can look forward to each week. Something I strongly endorse, and I hope that is. I actually really hope that they regularly find a way to play Monopoly among the, among their friend, fam- the family group on this show. It'd be great for them. Can I jump in? Please.
1: If you, every single week, if it takes you more than 50% of the time that it takes to play the game, to learn the game, you no, cycle in no, no, board no, no, games no. too much and they're too complicated. Yeah. This board game culture has gotten a little bit out of control. I mean, I, I'm with people who are like, let's play board games. And I'm like, sure, let's play. And we're the whole day learning the fucking rules. Like, yeah. let's let's play a game we all know, for God's sakes.
2: Right. This is one of the things I, I, I like new games. They're fun, whatever else. But honestly, when I'm looking for a, like a family or friend board night, I want to play like fucking Clue. I want something that is so basic go. that nobody has anything to speak about Because what I'm here for is to hang out with y'all. The game is a means to an end in that regard. The game is fun. Great. But I'm here to play the game with you guys. And the more we can just do that without difficulty and just enjoying each other's company, all the better. And honestly, I've recently played Candyland with freaking adults, and it was an absolute blast. Even though I'm sure it was not all rated right in our age group, just because we were there to have fun and playing it.
1: I'm sure it was. Yeah, this this thing of like, you know, hey, look, I got th- th- this game is really fun. You guys are gonna love it. Okay, there's three boards and there's yeah. 16 card piles, and
2: you have four different tokens. You're like, whoa. Right. And here is your individual rule set that only you have. Memorize this now. I, I, I have to light it on fire here in a second. It, those, those games are fun after like three hours of prep. And the next time we play them can be great. Assuming any of us remember the fucking rules at that point. Um, following up on that. Something I've noticed in the internet. We've talked about this. There are a lot of Shiv fans in this show. She's one of yes. the few major female characters. A lot of people want to identify with her, to use her as, you know, their representative on the show. That's perfectly understandable and perfectly great. And the character is complex enough that I can see that perfectly. However, even those people are cheering Tom right now. Yep. Realize something, that when your relationship becomes the subject of public gossip, and everyone is cheering the idea that your partner just publicly screwed you over, what should it tell you about whether you are the villain in your own story?
1: So, it's a good point. It's a good point. Monopoly, the fact that there's been a lot of love for Tom. I've not seen a single negative thing about Tom's heel turn here. Even though, even though he's he's cashing out for the what, fucking Emperor. He's it, he's turned into the dark side.
2: But is it a heel turn? Isn't it just one bad person screwing over other bad people? No, it's well, not like it, Tom was good. It's so, not like Tom so, was anything other than loyal. Other than to other, Tom was loyal to someone who was abusing him. That's all that was. That's what he's turning against.
1: So I guess that you're I guess you're right. There are no faces in this show. I guess that the term heel turn is really just sort of when was he ever
2: going to buck shiv? Yeah basically. That was the And he finally did it. And do we have this is a very important question to ask. Do you when it comes to Tom's decision, what sympathy do you feel for our trio that Tom did this to them? Do you condemn Tom for what he did? No and explain why well because he
1: think about what they've all collectively done to tom the sort of you you know yeah well tom could go to prison like nobody's gonna go to prison oh except you tom i mean sorry i forgot yeah except you um the the oh you're still talking about fucking prison would you shut up about that like i don't even want to hear about that anymore Mm -hmm. to the yeah. We're taking over. What about me? Oh, what about you? I don't know. Like it's so many times he's been an afterthought or marginalized or not taken seriously by the people by his own wife, but also, you know, the people in the family that the fact that he did what he felt, I'm not happy that he, he struck out for Logan. I don't like that at all. What I'm happy that Tom did is he looked at the situation and pulled a Jerry and said, what is in my own personal best interest?
2: And that's the perfect way of framing it. I'm not happy about what can't be picked. Logan's a vile person. I'm just, i just—I would bet on him to win. I'm happy he—I'm happy that Tom made a move for himself. Yes. And that—that that I can be happy for the character with. And brought Greg with him. Brought his one friend with him to make sure that he'd be protected too. Because it's notable—you like talked about the various moments I'm talking down to him. Even when they were trying to meet him on equal terms, they still talked about him as if he was below them. Like when um Kendall met with uh, Tom in the diner. And referred to him as like a the country mouse that struck it big with a big, hot, powerful woman. They've never still marginalizing him. him. Yeah, they've never viewed him as their equal. They've never viewed him as as worthy of equal respect. And so him just finally shoving it in their faces and making a good, smart, intelligent move for his own interest when they were just overconfident as all hell. I'm with it. As much as I empathize with these characters, fuck them.
1: Yeah, he was in a great position to be able he had he had a lot of leverage to say, "Oh man, I can really really increase my stake." He already was where he's been working all season to get in with Logan. But yeah. this was a re- this was a great opportunity for him and he took it. and Shout out to Tom for doing it. So, but you know, fuck Shiv, fuck Kendall, fuck Roman. They deserve right. it from him. Um, but I don't think but like a lot of people I think are misinterpreting the ending here. I think a lot of people think like, "Well, the show's just about over." Like you know, he's going to sell. And basically next season is just clean up
2: bullshit. No. The sale, bullshit.
1: The sales, not done. Even if the sale gets done, you still have the, the fact that Logan will be an entity within Madsen's company. And you have mm-hmm. the ability to, to lobby Madsen, to fuck Logan, to, I mean, there are all, all kinds of stuff. How the, how will the sale happen? There's all kinds of things to clean up with related to the sale, assuming that the sale is going to happen. They could, they could, because it's fall Yeah. But yeah, hit the brakes on that. So I, I think that our trio, our lovely, plucky trio, is um, on the mat and bleeding. But I don't think this fight's over. I think they're going to get up and there's going to be a few more rounds.
2: And I think your Kindle, the Kindle that you love, the Kindle that impressed you back in season one and even certain brief moments in season two, has returned to the game. And that upsets the entire scenario.
1: If he has. Well, and we'll know he's the type of guy that, you know, we'll know early.
0: We'll know early. We'll know within
1: a couple sentences of him talking, what kind of Kindle we're getting. And if we're getting the Kindle that we talk about that I like. Yeah. I mean, Logan needs to watch out because that that's a capable guy.
2: Um, How oh, disappointed okay. will you be if we start with Kindle singing Billy Joel at the beginning of the next season? Oh, if
1: it's he, him and Naomi and they just like did a line in the bathroom and he's like, hey, it's my 41st birthday party. I'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> i might give up i might just i might just jump ship to shiv fuck it um not logan never logan Logan. of course not he's the he's the the villain in this whole story (laughs) uh all
2: right anything else we want to cover here on a very very entertaining season of succession no great season of television looking forward to the next one it's a shame that a show this well written requires so much time to write
1: I'll tell you we do a lot of these tv review podcasts and each one kind of has to catch its own audience you know like people have to find us and figure out that we're reviewing their favorite show and it usually takes a little while to build But i'll tell you that in all of them spencer has had the utmost confidence that we will find an audience that people will like us that be, that they're going to want to hear what we have to say because proof of concept that's happened before for some reason in this show he was convinced people weren't going to listen he's just like succession small we won't have an audience no big deal spencer One of the few things you've been wrong about on this podcast feed, you actually are wrong. We actually have developed a a very strong following. A lot of people listen every single week, more than I thought we're going to end up listening. So I just want to thank you all for listening to us, hanging in there on these massive two, two and a half hour reviews. If you're in it by now, you love the show as much as we do. So we thank you for joining us every week and experiencing the show with us. We love doing these things. Spencer and I are going to talk about television anyway. We're going to call each other and talk anyway. Absolutely. We take time to put it out here on the internet because you people say that you like it and that it makes your day a little bit better. And if that is the case, uh, then we have done our job and we're happy that you've joined us. So thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. go to Talks.com to check out everything that we do. We will be back with you in a couple of weeks with Mangum Talks, Star Wars, if you're a Star Wars fan. If not, then just go to MangumTalks.com, Grab bag of what you like because we do a lot of different stuff on the podcast channel. Thank you all for listening. It's been a great season and we will see you next year or two. Bye.